Hey there, folks. Welcome back to The SoCo Show. It's episode number 144, an Octiversary episode. This is the co-host, Cody Michael. I'm joined, as always, by the SoHo Seth Ott. <laughs> there it is. Uh, and back yet again, our quarantine uh, special edition third host for what I think has been an entire Octiversary, I think, by this point. <laughs> JB is back. At Jared Buckingham. <laughs> Welcome back, man. I'm here. I, I guess I didn't bring, you know, like a side dish or a drink for this Octiversary. I didn't get the memo. Yeah, it was potluck, so you, you're looking like a real piece of shit yeah. right now, but that's okay. In, enjoy my chips and dip. Don't feel guilty. It's okay. Seth I'll let everyone go first. There you go. Yeah, you can eat last. That's good stuff. Um, just us this week, uh, coming off the heels of uh, having Jill on last week, Judge Jill, uh, which was uh, a super fun blast. So if, if you missed last week's episode, highly encourage you to go back and uh, check that one out. So it's uh, so it's the three of us here this week. Probably going to be a relatively tight episode. Um, we're well to be uh, transparent. We're recording crazy late uh, in the night, so um, that's part of it. And then also just not a ton to talk about. We're going to get into some reviews, um, and uh, and we we're going to try this new game uh, that's been pretty fun. But um, you know, it's funny. We spent a fair amount of time beforehand talking just about, you know, the state of the world as it is. And we don't need to bombard uh, bombard you all with more talk of the quarantine and everything. But I, I we have we're get it's getting to us. Uh, <laughs> uh, the three of us discussed how it's it's starting to weigh uh, in, in various ways. And obviously now there's talk of, of reopening and things, which um you know that that raises a whole whole other thing. So it's it's uh, it's been interesting to see how people. I think honestly, I do think I think people have started to go a little crazy, myself included. Um, it is kind of a tough last week or so. I can start to see just how it's starting to affect me, and and uh, I think people are getting fed up with it. So in some ways, maybe it's good that uh, that some places are opening back up. Uh, but uh, it's interesting, guys. I don't know where you are in terms of your stir craziness, but um, it's getting to the point now where, where watching Netflix all day is, is not quite doing it for me anymore. <laughs> I like the way that you were like, hey, it's starting to affect me. Um, yeah, it's, getting, it's really getting me out here. Um, yeah, yeah, I absolutely agree. I think I don't know. I, I, I'm trying to be more kind to myself, I guess, during this time where, like, the last week, honestly, yeah, I kind of agree. It was it was down in the dumps and this and that. But uh, today today was a good day. I was very productive and all this other stuff. Um, so that's going well. But uh, Seth, what about you? Every day is a good day. <laughs> <laughs> um, is that that's the line, right? The POD song. You remember that song? Alive. I I feel so alive. so alive. Yeah. yeah. POD. Do do we ever know? Do we do we remember? What, did they ever say what POD stands for? Uh, they were trying to start a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> POD cast. Oh man, I would listen to that. Don't give Seth any ideas. Oh, that it, song that that alive song by POD is the song that came on on the compilation album right after. Uh, headstrong by trapped <laughs> if you love I'm one of those sure, songs you love I, both of them i think pod was first i think that was early <clears throat> right but if you had a compilation songs of mu- of music of that type from uh-huh. like the mid-aughts they would both be on that on that yeah. cd no doubt uh, i remember headstrong was uh, on donkey conga or uh yeah the the the, the, the game. congo like 
Yeah, guitar Donkey hero type. Donkey Konga 2. We played that one a lot. Oh my god, with the drums. Oh, I haven't thought about that in forever. That was That's the game where I threw the thing, right? Because yeah. I, I forgot to... Wait, wait, wait. You guys owned that? I owned Donkey Konga 2. Whoa. It had Headstrong and the Anthem on it. I remember it had the Anthem. That was fun. So there was, there was a fun thing with Donkey Konga. You could get the game, and it would come with... Um, so for folks who don't know, it's like a Guitar Hero or Dance Dance Revolution. It's a rhythm game, and it came with these bongo um, <laughs> drums. And uh, Donkey Kong would play them, and you'd play them along with him, and that was the game. Uh, but if you were player two, uh, it didn't come with two sets of drums. So if you're player two, you'd use like a controller, and then like one of the drums is A and one of them is B or whatever. And um, we would switch off and on who got to use the drums and who had to use the controller. And there were three moves you could do with the drums. You could tap left, you could tap right, or you could clap. And that, that registered as a, as a third thing. Um, and I remember I was playing with the controller, and there was a clap that came up. And either it was just too fast and I freaked out, or I forgot what button it was to clap, but I threw the controller <laughs> like out of my hands and then clapped to try to hit the note. And it was a whole thing. Oh, it's pretty funny. <laughs> Donkey Konga. I haven't thought about that in two. ages. Two. Sorry. Donkey yeah, because I remember it'd go, Donkey Konga 2. <laughs> I'm kind of surprised. Like, I, I'm aware of the game. I've never played it, but I'm surprised that it had actual songs on it. Oh, I had. I mean, they were, they were like, covered songs, kind of like how the original Guitar Hero was all yeah, yeah. covers. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was all covered songs, but yeah, it had real songs on them. It was, but, it was a blast. But with the real songs, were they more kind of hinted it, or like a flavor of Donkey Kong in it? Or was it like, just, no. Hey, this is a cover. It was headstrong. Yeah. It was just a cover headstrong cover. Uh, hit him up style was on there. Remember that one? Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it, it was all over the place. It was, it was interesting. I mean like the backgrounds and stuff had like the, you know, the trees from Donkey Kong and stuff in them, mm -hmm. but that was pretty much it. It was all just covers and, uh, spent hours playing that game. It was, it was a blast. Rhythm games. It's occurring to me how big rhythm games were at the time because, and, and you had most of them, Seth, because you also mm -hmm. had DJ hero. Uh, I, who, I was the first you're, you're with the guitar only hero. Person I'm ever aware of that had DJ hero. Yeah. Only one of DJ Hero was the first of the Guitar Hero, like by far. Um, I remember <laughs> I spent I spent like the when it first came out, it was like really expensive. We were on a Math Counts uh, trip in I think Waterloo maybe, and we stopped at a GameStop, and they had they had a, a Guitar Hero, and I, was, I did one of those decisions like, oh, should I buy this or not? And I did, and uh, I don't regret it because I I spent many 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 hours playing Guitar Hero. Man. That was back before we knew about the the scrolly effect. If you played Guitar Hero for too long and then stared at like a wall. <laughs> and, yep. <laughs> and that was one of those like we played we played Guitar Hero for so long and then that started happening and I was and we were too young we hadn't started drinking yet so I was like is this drunk is this, what yeah. this is this what this, this is what that is and it pretty much is. Um, man, the power of the rock makes you feel intoxicated sometimes. Man. From coronavirus to Donkey Konga, these are these are the days of our lives. <laughs> Hit the sound. This is the only podcast, the only podcast where you're going to hear both of those things, um, which, uh, for better or worse, right? So pull out those bingo cards and cross those squares off for Donkey Konga and COVID. <laughs> oh my God, um, I uh, I don't know if you get, so. Speaking of uh, you know of quarantine news. 
we were talking uh, before the show about how I, I just am in need of sports, and so I've been trying to find ways to get sports. Um, did you guys know that there? Someone told me that they're going to be doing ESPN is going to show like origami championships. Do you know what this is? Have you seen this? Sweet. Stop. Yeah. Yeah, no, they're going to have fucking paper folding. But it's not actually going to be on ESPN, though. It's just going to be on pay-per-view. What? I got I to gotta go. <laughs> oh, my God. Now I got it. Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, uh. <laughs> I've been waiting all day to tell that joke, you guys. Uh, someone told it to me this morning. And then there were, and then like we all laughed, and some people groaned. And then that person was like, "I'm sorry, I just had to." And I, I said to him, "I said you should be sorry, but not for the reason you think. The reason you should be sorry is that I now have to tell everyone I know that joke. And so <laughs> you, you should be apologizing to those people and for me because they're all going to hate me now. I can, so, I can just picture that uh, situation that happened this morning. The guy said it. You reach towards your comedy notebook with all of your jokes, open it up." <laughs> And write it down and circle it five times. That is exactly what happened. It's almost exact. I probably only circled it like two and a half or so times. Five is pretty excessive. I don't think I've come up with a five circle joke yet. Um, I've been in five circle jerks before, but not. uh, I don't have any five circle jokes. Um, But that's neither here nor there. That's a different podcast. We'll talk about that on POD cast next week. Guys, I, I so I pulled up the song list uh, for part of the reason why I was I, I, I took longer on on that dumbass joke was that I pulled up the song list for Donkey Konga too. Um, I've now realized why I why I'm such a fan of Hillary Duff's um, song uh, mm. "Come Clean," and it's because it, that was on there. "All Star" by Smash Mouth was on there. Um, "Drive" by Incubus was on there. Uh, like I said, "Hit 'Em Up" style is on there. "La Bamba." What's uh, <laughs> how does Drive go? Drive? Yeah, how's that song go? Uh, it's the Incubus song. It's, uh, whatever tomorrow <laughs> brings, I'll be yeah. there. That's a good one. That's um, a pool jam. That was, de- that was yeah, top Yeah, that was definitely a pool fun. jam. Um, Usher, right. that you don't have to call. It's okay, girl. <laughs> <laughs> Please keep going. <laughs> Um, Wish You Were Here by Incubus is on there, too. They had a couple, um, they had, like, a bunch of, um, like, couple bands with, like, two songs on there. Uh, Stained. Uh, it's Been a While. That was on there. Ugh. Man, it sounds like Donkey Konga of... had the jams. Dude, Donkey Konga was the best. There's so much good songs. Like, I, I kind of think this is, like, Donkey Konga shaped some of my, uh, like how I know so much of 2000s crappy one-hit wonder music. <laughs> it definitely, It's Been a While is a, is a jam of yours. Oh, but yeah. this shouldn't come as a surprise because it isn't, isn't it for you guys just like it is with me? When I think of It's Been a While, I think, you know what this song needs? Bongo drums. Like it, just, <laughs> it just fits so in with the motif. It's an obvious choice, along yeah. with Hillary Duff. That's what they have in common is the the need for bongos. Well, that's the thing. Come Clean would not have been the essentially, you know, hit, the memorable hit uh, that we all remember without the bongos. <laughs> Let the rain fall down. Doom, 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 doom. Very subtle. Very subtle. <laughs> they had Pink and TLC on there. Man, oh, man. What year did that come out? Like, 07? 03. 
Oh, fuck. Really? Mm-hmm. Ugh. Uh, they had some, uh, what else? Losing My Religion. M- remember Shiny ha- Shiny Happy People by R.E.M.? Mm-hmm. Shiny Happy People. <laughs> that was a weird song. Oh, man. I want to play this. I want to go. I remember being at a Video Games Etc. And they had the, the, the bongos there. And I very, very, uh, like, deep down in my soul wanted to buy those. Um, but I, but I didn't. I held off. And I might, I might have to uh, see if I can find those on eBay or something. I feel like it, just just getting the bongos would be tough. But finding a set that actually worked <laughs> is probably they, near impossible. Yeah, they they weren't the. I mean, they were pretty solid in terms of like the outer shell, but like the actual tops themselves kind of became flimsy pretty quick were were they similar esque to the rock band or guitar hero like you know the the drum set for those ones no they i mean they were literally like bongos i mean well, yeah like and bongos. i know what they look like but i guess i was just kind of curious on like the hold up because uh i yeah. feel like rock band the the drum set was the first to go always no because mm-hmm. it had like a little bit of a flimsy knit like the top of it was kind of like when you you could like pressed down on it it would go in a little bit it had some give yeah it had some give it was pretty soft like it felt like if you were just to sit there and play it it kind of almost sounded like bongos like it, it wasn't <laughs> yeah it was hollow <laughs> like plastic bongos is how yeah. it sounded man i haven't thought about donkey konga in ages that's awesome two <laughs> sorry donkey konga two, <laughs> two. <laughs> oh, i just man. remember because every time ever... you started up it go two <laughs> like the yeah. it, it would wait for fucking ever, and you couldn't press start until they got their two out of the way. So. <laughs> this, is the, this is the conga cast. We're just going to talk about Donkey Konga the rest of the time. Um, one yeah. one thing I kind of want to talk about, we, we've been talking about it for like the last couple weeks of, hey, this is the time where we have a lot of time on our hands. You know, like it's almost go through your list of catch up. You know, Cody, you have a whole list of, oh, I'm going to catch that or I'm going to watch that. Um. Mm-hmm. I actually did that this week, and I watched, I mean, there was probably two or three movies that I've already seen. I like, you know, like Mortal Kombat, something before bed I threw on, um, a few movies that we're going to review later, but I watched three movies that I think that you guys have talked about that I just hadn't seen before. Um Ooh, hit me. So the first one was a nice uh, Movie Pass Ventures film, American Animals. Ooh. Yes. Isn't it awesome? I have no idea hated how this it. slid through my finger. Did you hate it, Seth? No, I, was, I thought you were going to say Oh, no, no, no. Like, I hated it. Well, I, I had to laugh because the opening has Movie Pass. It's like Movie Pass Ventures. Uh-huh. And I was like, <laughs> I forgot this is a Movie Pass movie. Um, <laughs> but I was, I, I didn't know it was a real story. And I thought it was crafted in a, this unique way. Um, it was It was one that I'm kind of almost kicking myself for missing. Yeah, it was dope. I, it's one that I when we saw it that day, I was like, wow, that was really good. And then every time after that that I thought about it, I kept thinking it was better. And then I went back and watched it like a year later, and I was like, no, yeah, it's fucking awesome. Yeah. It's such a good movie. Yeah, it, it was fun. It was fun, and, the, you know, there's kind of a true life aspect to it or, like, true story aspect to it. So that was one. Um, two, um, I haven't finished this one. I still have probably 30 minutes left, but I started watching um, Her Smell. and. Oh, nice. I don't, were you, did you guys both, uh, Cody, have you seen that? Uh, this is uh, uh, Elizabeth Moss. Yeah, the yeah. Elizabeth Moss one. 
Yeah, I have not seen this one yet. Uh, I don't think it was. I think I remember we talked about it as compared to like Teen Spirit, and I I remember thinking Teen Spirit sounds more my speed. Yeah. Um, Seth, can you please remind me? Did you like it or not? I did. Yeah. I am currently again. Maybe it's because I watched it in like a couple settings, and I still have a little bit left. I am not like this is not my kind of movie at all. Yeah, it's a, it's a little darker. It's it's a darker movie. Um, it's pretty intense. Um, yeah, I I I think the thing is, uh, in my brain, I thought it was going to be more of you know the teen spirit with the. Oh the, no! I I liked the music in that, and I guess I was I, the music hasn't popped for me in this film yet. No, I, there's I, no there's no music there it's 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 i think she might sing at the end okay I re- okay i remember that... correctly there might be a song at the end but it's not really it's not about the music it's more about her mm-hmm. smell <laughs> oh. <laughs> um no it's more about like her journey as a artist type yeah. like a and and her growing as a person type thing and gotcha and, gotcha yeah i'm wondering if that that was my mis misinterpretation of it mm-hmm. um again what they're doing in the certain scenes and stuff it's it's well acted and uh everything like that but i guess i was expecting something completely different um but this third film i am again kicking myself for not watching this this is a fantastic movie um blind spotting nice oh. this movie I went in expecting one thing, came out with something completely different, and I almost cl- rewound it to the beginning and watched it again. <laughs> that yeah, that one. It's a it's it's. Ugh, there's so much good about that movie. It's so well acted, and then it's like really smart, but also really funny. And then it just has this vibe, right? It's one of those mm-hmm. movies that you just want to live in that feeling or that that mood for like a little while. Oh yeah, that's one I want to go back to. Yeah, yeah, the thing like you're saying, it, it very much like leans into comedy in certain sections, but then it's like, oh, from a different point of view, from a different person's point of view, it wasn't funny at all. And then also mm-hmm. it's like, I I don't think I've watched a movie in a while where right when a certain character shows up on screen, I am like, this person is going to ruin everything. And I am just sitting there on the edge of my seat waiting for them to ruin everything. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, those are yeah, the three not... movies that I hadn't seen. So I was like, you know what? I'm proud of myself for not watching like, uh, yeah, for like Disturbia for the 27th time or something. Like that. <laughs> that's a good week, you know. Even if you didn't like her smell, that's even just getting those other two in. That's a good. I did not do that this last <laughs> week. I, I watched I watched a movie for We Missed the Boat, um, and we'll talk about that a little later. But like last week, I think on Thursday, I. Um, I was just kind of fed up, so I was like, I'm just going to watch stuff that makes me feel good. So I, on Thursday, I watched Endgame, and then Spider-Man Far From Home back-to-back, and then on Friday, I watched Moana. So oh, man. Those are the, those are the, those are the, that's where I'm at. <laughs> that's what I'm able to handle, uh, are, are those kinds of movies. Um, and that's been rewarding in its own way, but good on you for, for getting, getting to some of the, uh, some of the backlog. Those are good ones. Fucking A, Cotton. Um, let's see. Oh. I'm excited. Okay, we're gonna um, in a second. We're gonna get to a new game. Uh, I'm really excited to try this out. But then, like I said before, we've got some reviews. So we're gonna do TV Corner. Uh, we missed the boat that we just mentioned, and then uh, a few uh, a few movie reviews as well. So lots of good stuff here. Uh, but before we get into any of that, gonna start like we always do with some sheet tweets. I call you a punk.
we got news of a new menace other than coronavirus in the world, and that uh, that that's the murder hornets, of course. <laughs> and and Iron Sheik again keeping up in the news, keeping up in current events. He has to comment on the murder hornets, and so he says, "Fuck the killer bees and fuck the murder hornets. I beat them both, Bubba." In a handicap match, fucking Iron Sheik versus like ten thousand murder hornets. I would pay. I would pay top dollar for that. Um, that's pretty sweet. The which actually reminds me. Did you guys see that? Like Mike Tyson and Evander Holyfield want to fight some more, and yeah. they're in like their mid to late fifties. Like, maybe yeah, they, maybe those like fight each other. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily each other, but they they're like posting tweets of their workouts and saying like you know I'm back or like you know <laughs> ready to get back at it or what I I'm you know I'm thinking I'm back. That's that's what they're tweeting out. Um, so I guess maybe Mike Tyson fights again. So maybe he needs to team up with with Shiki Baby and uh, take on the Murder Hornets. I'd watch it. I I think it was them fighting each other. I think that was the news. They they kind of wanted Is to it? fight each other again. If that's the case, though, uh, there's been videos and and recently, but even the last couple of years of Tyson still throwing punches and stuff like doing boxing workouts. And Jesus Christ, <laughs> that man can still throw a punch. So. Um, I, I feel like if they did fight, I, I don't know if Holyfield's going to be able to to take that. <laughs> yeah, Holyfield's a fair amount older, and I, his training videos look pretty impressive for for how old he is too. But uh, yeah, I don't. On the one hand, it's like interesting, like cool. I've never seen Mike Tyson fight before, so it'd be mm-hmm. kind of fun to watch. But I also don't want to watch an old man die in the ring. So yeah. <laughs> for the same for the same reason, I skipped out on Rocky Balboa. I think I might miss hey. this fight. <laughs> I knew that'd be a trigger for you. They say, they say, the, 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 it's not the power, the power stays with the fighter. It's the speed and the, and the, uh, the quickness and the chin that goes. The, the punch, the power of the punch, that stays with the fighter. Mm, totally. Yeah. Puncher's sure. chance. <laughs> it's not about how hard you hit, it's about how hard you can get hit and keep fighting. Right. That's how you, I don't know. I've seen the, that's how winning is done. That's how winning is done. Yeah. Um, anyway, that's neither here nor there. Uh, how do we get here? Sheik, Sheiky, Iron Sheik versus murder hornets (laughs) and Sheik tweets. I call you a punk. All right. Got to shout out our sponsors. First of all. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and uh, our second sponsor is uh, also here. We have uh, Etsy.com slash shop slash Mathis Designs for all your stationery and graphic design needs. <laughs> Pay! <laughs> and then, uh, of course, Mike's Wood. Head on over to Etsy.com slash shop slash Corn Fed and Wood to get that wood worked. <laughs> Uh, lady Seth is single, so if you want to hear that one, that noise live and in person, uh, hit him up. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> that's a sounder. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna make that into one. That's a good one. Uh, what do we got next? Oh, let's go to previously recorded ad for Anchor. Big shouts out, of course, to our Anchor contributors, uh, Mike V, Jared B, at Jared Buckendall, uh, Casey C, and Anna S. Appreciate y'all helping out the show. Uh, if you're not a contributor, that's okay. Just keep clicking on then these fuck episodes. fuck you. Sharing them. Yeah, fuck. You know, it's not okay. It's not okay anymore. Fuck you and eat shit if you're not a contributor. That's straight straight from Seth Ott himself. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just kidding, guys. I, I, I would like for you to become a contributor. I'll be nice to you even if Seth is not. I promise. 
Actually, as it, as it relates to the to the uh, contributors on Anchor, one really cool thing uh, that I was really excited about is because of our contributors and because of you know the clicks that we've gotten on on recent episodes, we recently were able to buy a, a piece of software that we need for the show. Um, and it was something that we've always needed and, and it's been something that we've just kind of paid for out of pocket. Uh, but this time we got to, we got to, you know, expense it to the podcast and, uh, it was a really fun thing for us to get to do. It just felt really good, um, to get to do that. And it's all thanks to, to you guys, the contributors. So we really appreciate all your help and just know that, you know, everything you send our way is going back into the show. Um, and, and we're, we were really happy to be able to do that. So it was really rewarding. And so just a, an extra special shout out to our contributors, including JB, who joins us now. At Jared Buckendall. Yeah, Very if you pay nice. enough, you get to be on the show. Every week. <laughs> Every week. <laughs> so, uh, Jared is one of our top anchor contributors and therefore uh, became a host of the show. So if you want to become a host of the show, uh, it's, it's on the $1,000 per month tier. Uh, so you just... Uh, just put that in, and uh, we'll give you a call. For now, though, uh, we got some other stuff to talk about here. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna try a new game here, and uh, this is gonna be a, a little bit of a trial run, uh, and and we're gonna see see if this works and if we like it, and then if so, uh, it's gonna be a new segment that we create. So uh, a little bit of an experimental. Uh, uh, segment here. Uh, so make sure you guys head over to Facebook and Twitter at Soko Show Pod uh, so you can weigh in on whether or not you like this game. Uh, and this, like most of our, our fun and interesting things that we do, comes from the mind of Seth. Uh, so Seth, you want to you want to lay down the rules for the for the listeners at home here? Yeah. So uh, the the rules of the game are you have to name one of the twenty six songs on the track list for Donkey Konga Two. Go. Ooh, uh, Pod. <laughs> no um so we got a new movie game uh and we we talked about it beforehand so if i forget something or if you guys can explain it better than i can because i was having a hell of a time trying to explain it before the <laughs> the show um uh feel free to jump in so basically the, the basic premise of this game is that um we are going to one of us will through a a, a smaller game will go first with naming an actor um I guess we'll figure out how we want to do order as well, but the next person in line will then have to name a movie and another actor that starred alongside the original actor that was named. Um, then from that point, the next person will have to, to choose again, one of the other, one of those two actors and name another movie with another actor they choose. There can be no, and the other actor has to also be along in that same movie. There can be no repeat movies. There can be no sequels. Uh, it has to be a new movie every time. But there can be. So, for example, uh, and it's probably better to explain with an actor. Um, for example, the one I was using before was um, Will Ferrell. So let's say I say Will Ferrell. Jared will then, if Jared is next in line, Jared will say, let's say he wanted to say Will Ferrell and Amy Poehler were in a movie together called The House. Then Cody would say, okay, Amy Poehler was in a movie with Tina Fey called Sisters. Um, this might confuse a little bit, but I could then also say, well, Amy Poehler and Tina Fey, Amy Poehler and Tina Fey were in a movie called Baby Mama. Then the next person would have to say, okay, Tina Fey and um, what's a movie that Tina Fey was in? Um, Tina, Tina Fey, Fey and Robbie in Whiskey okay. Tango Foxtrot. There you go. 
Um, so you just have to, you have to, basically the, the basic rule of the game is that you have to name, you have to name a new movie with an actor that someone else, the, the previous person named, plus a new one of your, of your choosing. And the next person has to kind of build up, build upon that. Again, no repeating movies, um, no sequels, and it has to be within the same genre. So it has to be a, it has to be a comedy, um, we, we can also kind of bend it a little bit if it's a comedy drama or that type of thing because there's dramedies and that that sort of nonsense. But um, one thing I also forgot to add, too, is that we can challenge. So someone can challenge that, okay, that's not a comedy or they weren't in that movie. So you could also just make one up if you wanted to. Um, uh, if, if you challenge and you're right, then that person, you know, we can, we'll look it up. Because there's will be no cheating in this, so we'll play the honor system. We can challenge. Um, if the challenge is, is upheld, then that person obviously is wrong. But if if someone challenges and it found it found that the person was correct, then you're out. And it goes until once you're stumped, you're out. Mm-hmm. And then so the first person out, it'll go down to two. So then it becomes back and forth. And then once someone's stumped, there's a winner. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. So the name of the game is to chain movie titles uh and actors and then at each at each point you have the chance to go either one of two directions with the actor you choose uh in your primary example will ferrell or amy poehler you can use either of those um we're going to use our handy dandy 10 second timer for this so it's going to happen pretty quick too um so uh so we'll have to kind of shout out and make some noise and stop the game if, if we need to look something up or challenge it um but uh, this is fun. I think this will be cool, and I think I will win. So I'm very excited. Uh, All right for for this game. So how we'll choose uh, how someone names uh, the first actor is um, I'll have we'll have Jared um, as the the newest host of the SoCo Show. Um, we'll we'll have J- we'll have Jared um, name a movie, and then we'll all guess the um, box office, and whoever's closest will get to start. So, um, Jared, what, what's the movie that you want to just throw out there? The movie is going to be um, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Ooh, that's tough. We'll say Domestic Box Office. Do you know this one? No, I just I looked around my room and I had something with that name on it. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. Um, let, I'll, uh, I'll go ahead with Domestic Box Office... God, that was in the 80s, right? Um, um, I think it was like early 90s, maybe? I don't know. I'm waiting. Early white. 90s. I'll say... I'm just going to go with uh, 72 million. For domestic? Yeah. Um, 72... Price is right rules? Yes. Uh, can't go over. Okay. No, let's um, just say let's just say closest. Whoever's closest in general. Okay, absolute closest. Okay, um, seventy-two. Hmm, sounds high. I'm gonna go forty-five. Hmm. I'm gonna say one hundred and seventeen. Ooh. Okay. So I'll look this up here. Okay, I was just trying to, but my phone is not. Uh, using officially using uh box office mojo is the site that we use for our box office data here. Okay. National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Does this number include re-releases? Hell yeah. Wow. Seth was very close. (laughs) 71.3 million 
uh, wow. was the gro- was the domestic <laughs> box office. Um, that almost makes me think he cheated. Um, <laughs> well, he named the movie, so that's that's exactly why um, I had someone else choose it. Okay, so 72. What did I say? 45, Jared? What did you say? I said 117. Okay, so 40. I think 40. I'm in last. I'm closer. Okay, so it's going to go Seth and then me. Um, so Seth will start the game by choosing an actor, and then do I pick the genre or and then we start? Um, I'll or? pick I'll pick genre since I since I won. Um, let's go ahead and do let's do drama. Ooh. Okay, so we're gonna do dramas. Um, I'm gonna go ahead with and go. I'll go with an easy one. Let's go with Christian Bale. Okay, so we'll have uh, we'll have Christian Bale dramas and i'm going to start we're going to use our 10 second timer and uh yeah here here we go christian bale is with marion cotillard in the dark knight jared it's to you wait is that a drama uh uh christian bale uh and hugh jackman in the prestige that's a good Uh, one seth I'll go with um, Hugh Jackman and um, uh, Hugh Jackman and Patrick Stewart and Logan. That'll count. Go! Hugh Jackman and Taron Egerton in Eddie the Eagle. Jared. Go! Oh God. <laughs> Hugh Jackman and um, <laughs> um, um, oh my gosh, uh, what's her name? Uh, Roseman Pike in the front runner. Oh. <laughs> uh, I don't think he made the buzzer, Seth. Did you? I don't think so. I heard the buzzer. Damn it. Okay. So what was mine? Taron Egerton and and Hugh Jackman. Those are your options, Seth. It's me and you. Let's do this. Uh, 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 Taron Egerton and uh, fuck. I'm out. I can't think of. I mean, I'll go with. Never mind. I'm going to win it with Taron Edgerton and Mark Strong in Kingsman, The Secret Service. I wouldn't say that's a drama. That's the thing, though, is I Challenge, don't Challenge, not drama. drama. Oh, fuck. I forgot about genre. Okay. Yeah. Well, I went anyway because you got stumped. But, yeah. Um, that's the thing. I was, I was thinking that, of, of Kingsman, but. Yeah. All right. So you can um, go first. Let's do This is short, so let's do some more. Yeah, we can do a couple of these. Um, so you Wait, can hold just. hold on. I'm not get, This isn't going to go by without me getting. Four, three, four, three. <laughs> yes! You got to have the. got to have that. <laughs> Since you won, you um, can do you can do uh, you can do uh, genre and actor, and then Jared will go. Okay, uh, let's let's mix it up here. Let's go comedies, and uh, I will start you, Jared, with Bill Murray. So Bill Murray and comedies, and here you. Uh, Bill Murray and um, Ernie Hudson, I believe, in Ghostbusters. That's a good uh, one. Uh, why am I blanking? Uh, Bill Murray and Michael Jordan and Space Jam. <laughs> That'll count. <laughs> uh, Bill Murray and Jesse Eisenberg in Zombieland. Ooh. Um, Jesse Eisenberg and... Oh my gosh, what's his name? No! 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 I knew it! Uh, God damn it. The timer is stressful, man. All right, it so is. Go. 
So you have Jesse Eisenberg and uh, and Bill Murray, right? But, yeah. All right. Ready, set. Go! Um, Bill Murray and... Uh, fuck me. Um, ah, I can't, I'm blanking. Oof. Uh, Bill Murray, Rodney Dangerfield, Caddyshack. God. Damn. Well, you already you already done. Wow. I as I suspected, I'm the king of this game. Would you guys it's like just, to lose again? It's the pressure. Yeah. yeah it's, the, it's the TikTok. <laughs> yeah. The pressure does mount. The TikTok is uh, is uh, very stressful. So uh, Jared, your turn here. All right. So I pick a genre and I pick uh, an actor or actress, huh? Mm-hmm. All right, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say rom com. Oh, okay. Oh, and God. I'm gonna say Cameron Diaz. Wow, rom coms, Cameron Diaz. This is gonna be a tough one, Seth. Here you go. I don't know if I'm able to do any of it. Um, <laughs> Cameron Diaz and uh, Jason Segel and Bad Teacher. Is that one of them? <laughs> or Did sex? We count that, Jared. Sex tape. There is rom. There is romance and comedy in Bad Teacher. I, I I would allow it. Okay, we're allowing it. Seth, you're still in. Cameron Diaz and Ben Stiller, There's Something About Mary is mine. Jared? Damn it. Uh, Cameron Diaz and Ashton Kutcher in What Happens in Vegas. Ooh, that's a good one. Seth? Um, Ashton Kutcher and Natalie Portman in What's the Name of That Fucking Movie? Um... Uh, no strings attached. Oh, wow, that's, that's a good, good pull. One. I'm gonna have. Oh shit, where's my sounder here? There. Um, crap. Aston Kutcher, Brittany Murphy, just married. Is that one? Yep. God damn it. <laughs> oh, sorry. Here's yours, Jared. Um. Oh my gosh. Ashton Kutcher. It, oh, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, that one's hard. We backed ourselves into a corner. Uh, Seth, back to Ashton Kutcher, Brittany Murphy. Um. Oh. Ashton Kutcher and. Uh, oh, yeah, that's tough. That's a tough one. Um, I don't think I can come up with one. Um, Natalie Portman, Mila Kunis, Black Swan. <laughs> I know that's not a <laughs> But there is romance. <laughs> See, we, so, we, since... we definitely back ourselves into a corner and then it's like, uh, uh. Yeah. So we all failed on the same one that time. So I think there's no winner. Um. Okay, so you say to to win is that a new to win? You have to be able to name another. You have to be able to find. Oh yeah, you gotta prove. Yeah, it's like horse. You gotta prove it. Okay. Jared, why don't you pick again since you stumped us that time? Let's go with um, action. Um, Keanu Reeves. Oh fuck! All right, here we go, Seth. Uh, Keanu Reeves, Lawrence Fishburne, John Wick. <laughs> uh, challenge. Lawrence Fishburne is not in John Wick. Yes, he is. Not the first one. Okay, John Wick 2. Either way. He's in the franchise. Since we're not Well, you did sequels. say no sequels. But we're but, counting the but franchise. But yeah, yeah, yeah. So the, I would say the franchise works. Yeah. Okay. 
Franchise counts. Okay, then we can't repeat franchises? Correct. Right. Okay, so like I couldn't say John Wick 3. Right, yeah, no sequels. Okay, gotcha. Okay, my turn. Go! Uh, Keanu Reeves, Sandra Bullock, Speed. Uh, Keanu Reeves and, again, Lawrence Fishburne in Matrix. Uh, I'm running running thin on on uh, the uh, these ones. Um, Seth, you're out. Uh, I don't know if I'm gonna get one either here. Um, action movie. Shit. Nah, I don't have it. Jared, you can win it. Keanu Reeves and Gary Busey in Point Break. Oh, you fucker. For three for the win. Yes! LeBron James at the buzzer! Oh, that was a good one. I couldn't pull a, I was trying to get someone else from Johnny Mnemonic is what I was See, that's, that's the one I was leaning towards. And I was like, I don't even know who else is in that movie. Yeah, yeah. That's That was tough. That was tough. Seth, if you want to try to get on the board, it's your turn. Okay. Let's go ahead with um let's 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 go back to comedy. And I'm gonna go ahead and have the actor in the comedy be That's great podcast form. Adam speak Sandler. The entire time. Speak the entire time you're thinking so there's no dead air. That's great podcasting <laughs> for the folks at home. Uh, Adam Sandler. Did you say it? Adam Sandler. Okay, so we have Adam Sandler comedies. Yes. Is that right? Okay. Mm-hmm. Here we go. Uh, Adam Sandler, Rob Schneider, Grown Ups. Adam Sandler and John Stewart, Big Daddy. Ooh. Great one. Uh, Adam Sandler and uh, Rob Schneider, the hot chick. <laughs> <laughs> Adam Sandler is in that. I forgot about that. <laughs> Adam Sandler and Kevin Nealon in Happy Gilmore. Adam Sandler and... Oh my god, what's her name? No. God damn it. Ouchie. Wow, uh, Seth, that was bad. Adam Sandler, Kevin Nealon. <laughs> Here you go. Adam Sandler and Rob Schneider, uh, Grown Ups. I said that one. Oh, did you? you okay. Um, Adam Sandler and uh, Jennifer Aniston, just go with it. Ooh, we'll count it. That's a good one. Um, let's see. Uh, Jennifer Aniston and Ben Stiller, Along Came Polly is a comedy. Uh, ben Stiller and Vince Vaughn, Dodgeball, A True Underdog Story. Great one. Ben Stiller, Robert Downey Jr., Tropic Thunder, baby. Uh, Robert Downey Jr., uh, Zach Galifianakis, due date. Oh, wow. <laughs> no one's thought about that movie in ages. <laughs> <laughs> Zach Galifianakis, Bradley Cooper, The Hangover. Um, Zach Galifianakis, um, uh, poop. Um trying to think who else is in that i lost it i was gonna try and do it between two ferns movie <laughs> oh nice everybody's in that uh, I, I will know. finish it out 
Zach Galifianakis and Will Ferrell, <laughs> uh, the campaign. Mm. For three for the win. Yes! LeBron James at the buzzer! Well, that felt good. That felt good. Have you guys had enough? I'm I, actually uh, panting. <laughs> you're what? I'm like, I'm like pant, like out of breath. Like I just <laughs> Too <laughs> like, stressed. You had enough? <laughs> Let, let's do it. Let's do one more. Just, I think we're, we're hitting a good groove here. All right. That was, that was a good volley. That one took a while here. All right. Uh, is it my turn? <clears throat> sure. Um... I really want to go horror, but I don't think it would make for a good game. I, think I know it's hard. Fast. Um, let's just uh, let's widen it out here. Let's just go drama. Let's go drama, and uh, I'm gonna start with my boy TC Tom Cruise. Trump, Tom Cruise dramas, Jared. Oh my gosh, um, Tom Cruise and oh my gosh, why am I blanking so much? Why don't you try again? <laughs> should we, Here you go. Should, should we? Uh, sh- should we just open it up? Should we just do an all movies cat round? All movies round. See how yeah. long we can keep it going. Okay, all movies round. Can we start with Tom Cruise again? Sure. Sure. Tom Cruise. Okay, all movies. Jared, it's to you, Tom Cruise. <laughs> all right, Tom Cruise and Simon Pegg, uh, Ghost Protocol. That's a good one. That that also takes out all Mission Impossible's, by the way. So Seth, yep. it's to you. Uh, Simon Pegg, Nick Frost, and Shaun of the Dead. That's a good one. Simon Pegg, Nick Frost, Hot Fuzz. Simon Pegg, Nick Frost, End of the World. (laughs) That's a good one. I'm going to challenge that one. I don't think that's the name of the movie. You're right. What did you say? It's At World's End. At World's End. Oh, The World's End. Damn you. <laughs> on a technicality. He got you. He got you. That's a bummer. All right, Seth, me and you. Okay. Uh, we have Simon Pegg, Nick Frost. Here you go. Is it my turn? Yep. Simon Pegg, Nick Frost, Paul. Oh, wow. Um, I can't stop. Okay, here we go. Um, Simon Pegg, Chris Pine, Star Trek. Uh, Chris Pine, uh... Is it Ben Foster, uh, Hell or High Water? Oh, such a good movie. Um, Chris Pine, Gal Gadot, Wonder Woman. Uh, Gal Gadot, uh, 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 Paul Walker, uh, Fast and the Furious. <laughs> wow, Paul Walker. I thought I'm going to get you right here, Seth. Paul Walker, Paul Walker, Jessica Alba, uh, shit! Into the blue—is that what it's called? Damn right, you got it. Ah, I got it. Okay, Seth. Um, <laughs> Paul Walker. <laughs> I got it right here. Uh, Jessica Alba, Dane Cook. <laughs> Good luck, Chuck. Wow. <laughs> for three for the win. Yes! LeBron James at the buzzer! I'm, I'm, gi- I'm giving the make more noise uh, hands to the crowd in my room right now um, to go along with the crowd noise there. That was a I tough wonder, one. 
I wonder if we, uh, for future ones, if we just do general movies, and, and like not, that. and not do category. I feel like that opens it up. It definitely does. Yeah, it makes it easier. Mm-hmm. To kind of keep well, it. see, I cannot believe I got into the blue. I was like, oh, I know the movie, and I was like, I went straight to him and Jessica Alba, and then I couldn't pull the name because I also wanted to say Fool's Gold, which is basically the same movie <laughs> but with yeah. I think Mom? Kate Hutt. I think that one has um, accidentally hit that sounder. I think that one has Kate Hudson and Matthew McConaughey in it, maybe. But uh, I think so. Yeah, yeah. I think the biggest problem is yeah, you get two of the three, and then you're just panicking because it's like tick tock, tick tock. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, maybe maybe yeah, we do just general general movies next time. I like general. Yeah, that keeps it going. That's good. That's good. I like this game mostly because I'm amazing at it. Um, <laughs> But uh, maybe we should call this the game the game for which Cody is the king. Is, is you think that's a good title for this one? Bye. <laughs> we'll see. I'll come up with a more humble title and sounder um, for next time when we play. Uh, I assume you, I assume you've had enough, or do you have one more in you? Let's, Let's do it. Say I've had a second turn. So Jared, you take your last turn, and this will be our last round. So I name uh, the actor or actress. Just the actor. And, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yep. Um. Let's see here. Um, Jeff Goldblum. All right, Seth. Jeff Goldblum. Go! Uh, Jeff Goldblum, Chris Hemsworth, Thor Ragnarok. Does that just take out Thor movies or all MCU? Yep. Thor. Just Thor. Just Thor. Okay. Go! Um, Jeff Goldblum, Laura Dern, Jurassic Park. Go! Laura Dern, Adam Driver, Marriage Story. Ooh, that's a good one. Adam Driver, Daisy Ridley, Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> what? Watch this. Go! Oh, shit. Oh, that fucked me up. Um, Adam Driver, Channing Tatum, uh, Logan Lucky. Oh, my oh. God. Uh, Channing Tatum, Matthew McConaughey, Magic Mike. Great. Go! Channing Tatum, Taron Edgerton, Kingsman, The Golden Circle. Awesome. Um, Channing Tatum, uh, Jenna Dewan, step up. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, Channing Tatum, uh, Seth Rogen. This is the end. <laughs> oh, that was a good one, buzzer beater. Here you go, Seth. Uh, Channing Tatum, Jonah Hill, 21 Jump Street. That's a good one. Jonah Hill, Bill Hader, super bad. Jonah Hill, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, uh, Wolf of Wall Street. Awesome. Uh, Jonah Hill, Brad Pitt, Moneyball. You keep taking the one I don't want you to take. <laughs> Brad Pitt, Leonardo DiCaprio, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Brad Pitt, Edward Norton, Fight Club. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha um, Brad Pitt. Oh, fuck! Edward Norton, Nick Nolte, Nick Nolte, Hulk, Hulk. No, that's the wrong one. Uh, fuck. I'm gone. Horn. I stopped it. I stopped it, but you yeah. did get horned. Yeah. Um. Okay, so it is uh, Edward Norton, right? Yeah. Um, Edward Norton, Tim Roth, Incredible Hulk. Yeah. That's Eric Bana. 
Oh my gosh. Um, Tim Roth. Oh God. No. Uh, uh, Tim Roth, Sam Jackson, Pulp Fiction. Yep, that's what I was going for. You know, the one I had on the tip of my tongue for Edward Norton was uh, Edward Norton, Bruce Willis, Motherless Brooklyn, which just recently came out. I didn't know Bruce Willis was in that. Yeah, very, very briefly. That movie was kind of butt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was glad I didn't see that one. Um, oh, wait, guys, come on. For three for the win. Yes! LeBron James at the buzzer! started a conversation too fast so i thought i almost didn't get my victory sound in well i do enjoy this game uh folks at home are probably very sick of hearing that fucking go, go. <laughs> what, what is that go from you don't recognize it is it like power rangers or something it is power rangers yeah okay it gets um it's from um power rangers lost galaxy the theme song for Power Rangers Lost Galaxy. So it goes, Power Rangers Lost Galaxy, go! And then it goes into like the... Um, like just some uh, sick guitar far, shredding. Far away, deep in space, to a galaxy Oh no. It goes into like the, the like rappy, sort of like deep voiced part. It's that go is the transition between the two. That, which by the way, if we did a list of like Mambos for... Have we done Mambos for Power Rangers? Because Lost Galaxy would be number one. That's, that's, what I'm here, so. that's wrong. You can, you can disagree as long as you're okay with being incorrect. So, uh, guys, let us know what you think uh, What you think of our new game. Uh, is, it, is it fun to listen to or just fun to play? Uh, maybe yeah, it's say, bad audio. I don't know. And say, even, even if it doesn't, if we don't play this again on the podcast, I can definitely see us playing this just randomly. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. We would do this for hours, yeah. Um, <laughs> let us know what you thought. Uh, hit Facebook or Twitter at Soko Show Pod. Let us know what you thought. Also, if you like the game and want to stick around, uh, throw some names our way or some uh, sounder suggestions. Um, I'll have no problem with coming up with one that suits me, but uh, if you guys want some input, here's your chance. Hit us up, Soko Show, at Soko Show Pod uh, Soko Show. in both places. Soko Show Pod. All right. Uh, we move on from the games. Enough shenanigans, guys. Okay, we got to get into some serious <laughs> shit. We got to do some reviews. Okay, so let's first of all jump into the TV corner. Television! Down on the corner. Nobody puts baby in the corner. No more games. Uh, first of all, <laughs> I don't know what that's. For. No more games. Uh, first of I'm all. I'm the captain, though. Maybe it's from that, yeah. Uh, first of all, a Hulu original. Uh, that I know uh, Jared and I have both seen. This is Solar Opposites. I watched it too. Ooh. Oh, you watched it? Okay. So TV, the, oh, TP. All three of us got it. TP, baby. Um, Solar Opposites, for folks who don't know, cr- uh, made by um, part of the creative team of Rick and Morty. So if you're familiar with that, very similar type show. Uh, very sci-fi based and uh, similar animation style to Rick and Morty. So uh, this, I think, would go without saying, but if you're a fan of Rick and Morty, you're highly likely to like Solar Opposites. Um, a lot of the voices are even the same. Uh, so Solar Opposites follows a, an alien and his alien family who had to escape their exploding planet and are now stuck on Earth. Um, they're, they're, they're having to fit in on Earth and uh, try to fix their spaceship so that they can terraform Earth to uh, to be a new planet for them to live on, but they 
they're stuck there and they can't do that. So it ends up being, um, you know, a wacky cartoon instead. Um, this is this is interesting. I, I want to hear your guys' thoughts first. I want to hear you guys' thoughts. And, and Jared, I, you you watched this really quickly, and and came out with a sparkling review uh, almost immediately. So I'll let you start. You you liked this one. Oh man, it's all about the grind out here. You got to get it done. You got to get it quick. You know all that stuff. Um, I'm a fan of Rick and Morty. I haven't caught up with the last couple seasons, but this is exactly that flavor. It's almost like a kind of a companion piece. Um, from the first like five minutes it's like this is the same voice this is the same animation these are different characters obviously in a different dynamic of almost a family but i was on board from probably minute one um it's it's very um kind of i wouldn't say gruesome but like you know it dives into everything that rick and morty does it's very like blunt it's very almost like mature rated it's very self-referential it's uh, relating to like tv pop culture movies all of this stuff that is what really drew me into rick and morty seth what do you think because i it seems to me correct me if i'm wrong here that y- you are you're less of a fan of rick and morty than like jared and i are um, so is, is that true? And then also how, how did you enjoy, uh, solar opposites here? Yeah. I'm not, I'm not, I don't dislike Rick and Morty. Anything. Like the, the episodes I've watched of it or I've enjoyed, I just don't, you know, like I don't frequent it. I don't binge it or anything like that. It's, it's, if it's on, I'll watch it or sometimes I'll throw on an episode here and there or whatever. Um, it's not like, you know, it, it's, I enjoy it. It's just not that I am like a f- huge fan of it or anything like that. That being said, uh, Solar Opposites was an easy watch just because it was like, what, eight episodes? Um, mm-hmm. You know, have, having the the uh, the uh, Cody's Hulu subscription that allows for no ads made it a quick <laughs> watch, too. Which they even make a joke about that in the show, which is pretty funny. Um, oh, that was hilarious because I, I, sorry to cut you off, I watched it. Uh, at my girlfriend's house and she doesn't have commercial free Hulu. So mm-hmm. I I watched that there's a they basically there's a gag about oh you 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 can afford commercial free Hulu. But the, but and I I have commercial free Hulu but I watched it with commercials so that made me really upset. Um, but that, I, yeah, that was I had to also watch it with commercials so yes, I feel the pain. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so, so that was funny. Um correct me if I'm wrong, but this was a little more like gory than Rick and Morty, right? There are, I wouldn't say more than, than Rick and Morty. I, I think there are episodes of Rick and Morty that are this gory, but there are a lot that have no gore. So it's kind of, you know, but in terms of like max gore level, this is, this is about the same as the stuff you'd find on Rick and Morty. Because it seems like every episode there was like a, like some pretty, pretty intense gore in it. Like there just yeah. people exploding and <laughs> stuff getting ripped off and stuff. And then also there is like a through line, like a storyline with these people in a wall. So the characters mm-hmm. shrink some, some people and just, they start to build up more and more people. And there's like this whole storyline with people in the wall, which I, that honestly was my favorite. Thing yes. The show. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. That was, uh, that was one of, that was the thing for me that, um, so when I, I there there are a few kind of cartoons that I watch, uh, Rick and Morty being one of them. And what's nice about Rick and Morty is that it's it's pretty much self-contained within each episode, right? Um, there's not there's not a lot of overarching long-term themes here. This is different in that there is a single arc over the course of this season, and the way that they get creative with this one-off joke, really, in the first episode or first couple episodes, 
And then the way that that joke, which the main characters sort of make this joke and then don't mention it anymore. But then as the audience, over the course of the season, we start focusing in closer and closer on this side joke that they made. And I thought that was super fascinating. I don't know of anything else that has done that in quite the same way, but I agree with you. I loved the side plot. And I thought it, it to me took it from being, yeah, another nice, funny cartoon to being something I like really enjoyed. That stuff was super compelling to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that, that stuff was, was super funny to me. Um, yeah, it's just overall a pretty funny show. Um, I loved even some of the background stuff. There's an episode with the larva thing. Is that what it's called? Larva? The pupa. 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 Um, where it's like you, it's in the background, just fucking staring at the camera the whole time. <laughs> um, that like just I, that's the type of stuff I love. I love like jokes within a joke within a joke, and like background stuff and different names of businesses and things like that being funny names, like all that stuff. Part of the stuff I loved about BoJack. That, that's why I love BoJack so much. There's like jokes hidden everywhere, and part of it was fun, like figuring out and finding some of that stuff. And and so I loved that about about the show too. So I enjoyed it. I had a good time with it. It was funny and and then again like the the world building that i think that's part of the thing that they do uh justin roiland um is the head of this one and then him he works on it with dan Harmon on rick and morty but they build like instant even if you watch the first episode of rick and morty and then, then this one too like they build the world that they're in instantly like episode mm-hmm. one you know what they're doing the world they're in all you know the rules immediately of it um all that is is super well done so yeah i, I had a fun time yeah, that's just, you're right. The attention to detail here is pretty impressive. Uh, you know, there's that classic joke of, like, Disney animators in the 90s, like, sneaking dicks and stuff into their animation. <laughs> and, and it's like, that kind of thing really does happen in some of these, right? Um, the animators sneak stuff in there or put a, a little joke. You know, there's a billboard in the background that's just scenery, but the animators are just like, fuck it, let's throw a joke up there. And they do, right? Mm-hmm. And so it, it makes this stuff really rewatchable too because you can go back and sort of look for things, um, which is really good. I dug this a lot. This was over last weekend I watched this and it was a perfect way to just kind of unplug and just enjoy for a few hours just this thing. The stakes are really low. It's not really dramatic. It's it's never going to make you feel much uh, like, like yeah. Bojack that you mentioned a second ago. It's not for that. It's yep. strictly for comedy. And um, and it's interesting and compelling, but it's 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 not mature in its subject matter, but it's very mature in its execution. I think like the attention to detail being the biggest piece of that, um, mm-hmm. which I I heavily appreciated. And I'll probably go rewatch uh, rewatch season one. As far as I know, there's more seasons coming, um, but season one's probably something I'll end up going back to for that reason. Seth, you probably uh, I'm sure you recognize the voice of the uh, the son character. Yeah. As the uh, main kid from Goldberg's, that was pretty fun to hear him. Yep, yep, yeah. Sean Gambrion, Gambrion, something like that. Ah, <laughs> uh, that kid's got a, such a distinct voice; it's pretty funny. Yeah, he does. Uh, so, especially if you're a fan of Rick and Morty, high recommendations for Solar Opposites. Even if you don't watch Rick and Morty, though, uh, it gets a thumbs up from all three of us. All of season one is available on Hulu, and this is a great binge candidate. If you're looking for something to burn off three, four hours, uh, check out Solar Opposites on Hulu. Hulu. Uh, we got uh, a couple other things, uh, Seth, that, that, that you alone have seen. Uh, and 
it's almost hilarious how different they are from one another. So I, I'll let you pick which one you want to cover first. Here. <laughs> yeah, I'll be relatively quick with both. Um, first, uh, uh, just going order what I watched, I guess. Uh, Westworld season three uh, had had a pretty big delay in the seasons between two and three, and they tend to take longer. And I think part of that's with the production value. And that's, I guess, the first thing I'll say about Westworld. I think most people know what Westworld is. It's the you know the, the robot uh, people go into. Originally, the first couple of seasons, people go into quote-unquote Westworld to live out fantasies um, there's basically a whole whole company that builds different fantasy worlds and you, you start to see you see that throughout the show of like there's a uh, what you know West Westworld there's a samurai world there's even the kind of hint in, in this season that there maybe even like is like a Game of Thrones world uh, there's a in the first uh, couple episodes there's a there's a, a little bit of there's a dragon that kind of looks similar to one of the Game of Thrones dragons, so people were nerding out about that. But all kinds of different worlds. But this season more focuses on um, now that uh, after season two, Westworld has kind of fallen into shambles. Now uh, the some of the they call them hosts, uh, which is the the robots, have snuck out into the real world, real world because they've become uh, and you know this even in season one and two that they've become. Uh, sentient they they do their own thing now so um it's uh, dolores uh who who is the main girl uh, that's evan rachel wood uh she has uh now snuck out into the real world and uh is wanting to because she because she is really the first one that could feel and think on her own and stuff she wants to um really create a world for her kind which is the robots the the hosts and that that's the main main idea of this season um they she enlists the help of aaron paul who is new in this season um he's he's kind of got an interesting storyline in this um bunch of returning characters from prior seasons uh, hop in here as well um i'll say about this season i think the the, the knock on westworld in the past has been the confusing storylines um and the confusing timeline of things they did reduce the whole timeline of it all um there there's a few episodes that do kind of bounce back and forth here and there but the overall like structure of the season is a little bit easier to understand that being said though i wasn't i still wasn't like um engaged in the season fully um and i think that's kind of like the same issue that i've had with like shows like walking dead where i'm like there's certain seasons where i just don't really care that much uh, mostly probably based around like the the writing of the characters and and how how really they make you care or not care uh, about the characters um i you know there's a couple characters i like but it's gotten to the point now where um they all have kind of been it medium to a lot shitty and so i don't really care about them that much and it's not the same level of like something like a breaking bad where walter white is becoming progressively shitty but you see the arc of that character um all of these characters are doing things badly whether it's the hosts or the human characters and i just don't care about them that much so i'm really not that invested anymore uh in in the show i thought i think the the first season and you know some of the second season um it was more based around the premise of it all i think the premise is what got people into it and now that they've kind of branched away from the premise of the west world it's it and you know kind of going into more of like okay obviously this is where it's going to go like i think if anyone were to think of west world after the you know first season you're you're probably gonna be like oh yeah the the robots are gonna go into the world right like the, they're gonna try and take over like that's what any robot thing does robots are gonna take over right and i think that's what 
they're doing here and it's become less intriguing because the overall premise of Westworld I think was more intriguing than the idea of robots themselves so I don't know I I, I don't really care that much uh, I might watch the next season depending on what they do but honestly what kept me going with season three was like the addition of Aaron Paul and that type of thing um, so I don't know I, it's a, it's an okay show. It's like it's a very it's a gorgeous show. Like the effects are really good. Um, the acting is good. Like Tessa Thompson's fantastic. She's she's been in it. She had a heavy role in this season. Um, but I don't know. I might watch. I might not. Depends on if they get to do another season and what's on at that time. I guess based off of what's you know going on with the the current situation. So you know so, if you're a fan of the show, maybe you liked it. I don't know. Keep watching. I guess. I don't know. It was fine. So. So it sounds like it's this is a classic case of you know great premise uh, early seasons. I, I do know also that this there is a source novel. Um, I'm not sure. Are you familiar? Have they le- have they departed from the source material yet? Did that happen I, already? I think so. I think even after I think the first season was really just that because I think and then the because there was a, a movie um, years ago that was just basically the first season. I think. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm not 100 percent sure. I could be completely wrong. I haven't really looked up the lore of it all. Um, but I believe that's kind of, I, th- I think just, you know, the movie and the, and the show really like the first season was kind of all they envisioned really. I think, it, I don't know if this is even meant to be that long, like a, a multiple season thing. I think it kind of just caught fire. Let's see. So I'm pulling up, um, actually there isn't a novel. I was wrong about that. The, the Westworld movie in 1973, um, was the that, that was the original? Um, okay. So that was. I knew about the movie. Michael, I didn't know the book. Yeah, Michael Crichton actually wrote uh, wrote and directed that one, um, and so and it's just about it's just about the basically season one. Okay. Um, there was a sequel film called Future World uh, that may have something to do with what you're what you're getting into in these later seasons. I'm not sure, um, but um, yeah, I, I I didn't realize there wasn't a book, but. Um, you know, we, we've talked about this before with other shows. You know, it's got a great premise, and then it exhausts it and wants to keep going. And then you start to see the character of the show change. So the thing that I'm seeing, Seth, in the in the, the ad campaigns for this, it looks to be more, like, straightforward action stuff. Yeah. And, and, maybe, and maybe potentially less of the heady philosophical stuff that people, I think, fell, for, fell in love with in the first season. Is that an accurate depiction that they've sort of gone in, in more of that direction and away from the headiness, or is the headiness still there in addition to all the action? Yeah, I think that that's an accurate uh, 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 description, I guess. Um, yeah, they, I, the the action is really good. I will say that, like the action they've added, I enjoyed that. Um, just the overall, like it's just not that interesting anymore. Um, mm-hmm. And and I think it's because like I'm way more interested in in knowing like like I would rather of them instead of going like we're gonna destroy everything. I would rather like have them go and explore the other worlds. I think that's way more interesting. Um, mm-hmm. Of like, okay, here's a west, here's a you know the samurai world. Let's go into here and see the stories there. Um, here's a uh, you know here here's the Game of Thrones like medieval world and go into there. And then maybe like after you've gone into multiple of those different worlds, then they all like come together and revolt. But instead, it's just focused on Dolores, which is Evan Rachel Wood, and and I like her a lot. I think I think she's one of the the things like the shining, like parts of like I like Dolores. I I really do. I just I just don't really. 
I like Evan Rachel Wood and her her portrayal. I just don't really care that much. Like if Dolores died, I don't care. You know, like that type of thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. And I would I would bet that you are not alone. Uh, I would bet that there are several people like you because I do remember hearing a lot, especially during season two. That mm-hmm. it was just getting too confusing and people just weren't on. So um, I wouldn't be surprised if this audience is shrinking. I'm not sure. Do you know what their plans are uh, in terms of longevity here? Season four, I'm sure, is planned for. Mm-hmm. But do we know whether there's a whether it's the final season or or how much more are we expecting? I don't know. I don't think they've announced it. I I know there was like a post credit scene of the finale, uh, which in that that in itself is annoying. Um, but. <laughs> Because, uh, like, HBO doesn't do, like, a... Because there's always, like, the stay tuned after the episode, after the credits for more. And so I always turn it off. But I knew from last season of the finale that there's going to be more scenes. So, um, but anyway, yeah, they set up for another season for sure. But they, they could easily make it be the last one, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, Westworld, before we depart completely, that reminds me, uh, HBO, another show that you like on there, Seth, Room 104... Just saw the news mm-hmm. this week, the fourth and final season uh, coming up yep. soon. So they're going to bring that one in for a landing. Uh, I assume welcome news. Yeah, I like that show a lot. I mean, I'm glad there's another season. I, I, it's a show you could keep doing for a while, um, mm-hmm. but I get why they're ending it too. I, I see that Dave Batista is going to be in an episode that he's pretty excited about. He said he's going to play something kind of different. He's playing more dramatic and that type of thing. So I love that. I love that they get to bring in talent like him who generally gets to do more action and um, you know, comedy stuff that he's done like with Guardians and get to do a more dramatic and deep role within a 30 minute, like he gets to test it. And I think that's really cool that they allow, they've done that with like a bunch of different people where they, they've allowed someone like Kobe Smulders um, do, to do like a horror episode, you know, like stuff like that. I think that's, that's one of the thing I, one of the things I love about that show. It's so experimental. Um, and mm-hmm. so it'll be sad to see it go, um, but I'm glad we get more episodes of it. Mm-hmm. Very similar to Twilight Zone in that uh, at its peak was getting some some pretty top shit actors. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, Room 104 season four uh, coming up soon, and it'll be the last season. But Westworld uh, is a subject. Season three, maybe a little bit of a dip here. Uh, so uh, keep it going if you're a fan. But um, Jared, did you ever try Westworld out? No, I haven't. And I know that um, when season one was going on, I know people at work uh, were just raving about it. And I was kind of keeping up with articles and everything. And then again, kind of what Seth said, season two, from what I had heard, kind of fell off. But I don't know. It sounds very interesting. But then again, like the idea that he kind of threw out um, of getting all of these different worlds together and then going out sounds way more appealing than what apparently is going on Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah i agree if they wanted 10 seasons i think they would have done that but it seems Mm -hmm. like their plans may be shorter than that um so westworld is out there and uh you can watch it on hbo now all of season three uh and seth will shift now to a show uh, with much lower stakes i would i would assume (laughs) well kind of because uh the stakes within this are up to your own choice uh which is uh the unbreakable kimmy schmidt uh, Kimmy versus the Reverend, um, which is the their uh, newest uh, choose your own adventure uh, show, and uh, it's you know I think a lot of people have done like the was it Bandersnatch was that that one, yep, and then uh, there was there's like Man versus Wild or whatever like they had that one too, um, so this one's definitely this is their first like going into like comedy um, in terms of that, um, 
so yeah, the Kimmy Schmidt, it's it's very Kimmy Schmidt. There's a lot of, like it they bring back pretty much every character that you've that you've um you know known throughout the show. Uh, a lot of Kimmy Schmidt type jokes, very self-referential. Um, they bring in uh, new people like Daniel Radcliffe. Uh, so the overall story is that Kimmy Schmidt's getting married, and um, she happens upon a uh, Choose Your Own Adventure book in her book bag, uh, which uh, in her mind is is a real thing. Or it's alive. It talks to her. Um, but she finds a book within it. It's a Choose Your Own Adventure book, and that kind of leads to the story of like... Um, this book is something she didn't know about and there's a date in there that would lead back to when she was kind of in the bunker around that time when she was in the bunker which started the whole story with john ham being the reverend um where, where he locked her in there and um so the the choose your own adventure here is is you trying to figure out what, what's going on with this book and um basically leading into like some closure with the the reverend stuff and also like um, you know, potentially some other people that he had uh, hurt in his time of, of uh, people putting people in bunkers. <laughs> um, so it, it's, it's fun. It's, it's actually, it's, it's quite a bit of fun uh, to just go ahead and do it. it. Depending on what, like the paths you take took me like an hour, an hour or so. Um, I paused a few times or whatever, but it will like rewind you. So if you choose the wrong path, it'll rewind you to a point where you can move forward. Um, so that's kind of fun and it's fun to choose the wrong stuff like if I there's certain ones where I knew it was going to be wrong so I wanted to go see what it would do because if you choose the wrong one it shows like a funny alternate like alternate universe type scene um, stuff where like Kimmy like will blow like blow someone up or kill someone or whatever like stuff you wouldn't see Kimmy Schmidt do they show it and it's really funny and weird and you know it still fits within it but it's 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 pretty hilarious um it restarted me at the end too, so I, I went through and picked some of the opposite choices because even stuff down to like you can choose whether to take Titus, um, which is her friend from the beginning, or um, oh god, what's her name? Um, it's uh, for, she's from Thirty Rock. Jane Krakowski is the actress's name, um, but she's like the the blonde rich friend that she has in the show. Um, so you can choose like which friend to take with you, and it'll like do a different story from there. Um, there, there's definitely replayability within it. So that hour, hour that I took could probably at least be another hour with the difference in stories and stuff too. Even at the end, there's like a little Easter egg that says like, um, uh, there's multiple hidden endings in, in the Kimmy Schmidt interactive show. Like there, it's super self referential and stuff. So tons of hidden things in there. Um, they even like refer to Daniel Radcliffe, who's playing her husband in this or fiance. They even say there's like, if you choose the wrong one, it's like, uh, we paid Daniel Radcliffe to come, to come do this just so you could end right in this, right in this spot. Like even stuff like that is <laughs> pretty fucking funny. So, um, it, it's a, it's fun. It's like, it's a really, really fun one. Like it's not as smart and like intense as like a Bandersnatch or Bandersnatch or whatever, but it's very it's just like fun and funny and like it's it's the I think it's the perfect show to do this for because it's Kimmy Schmidt is so wild and out there like you can you can make all those jokes and whatever and it's it still fits within it all so um, and yes the theme song is in there which is my favorite part of the show um, you it takes a little bit to get to it but you can play you can you get to listen to the theme song so uh, that's I I just love singing that every time a new episode starts. Um, yeah, it's great. It's fun. If you're a fan of Kimmy Schmidt, you'll you'll love it. And I'm excited to go through and play it again because I want to play through uh, the other choices. So it's got replayability as well. 
This is fun. So if I would I be completely lost if I haven't seen the show? Is this something I can no. try? Yeah, you could definitely do it. Um, you you've seen like the first season, I think. Yeah, um, I've seen a fair I'm, enough to know the characters, really. Yeah, that's, that's all you it. need. Because I mean, there there are some like they reference certain characters and like changes and things like that. But even to the point of like Daniel Radcliffe wasn't in the show before. And they in he does like a quick summary of how he got to be in the show, like <laughs> stuff like that. Like you don't have to know it to like make certain decisions. You if you know Kimmy Schmidt just as a you know character, then you'll be fine. And again, the jokes are pretty funny and stuff like that. So this is cool. I'm glad that the choose your own adventure thing is continuing. Um, so this is this is this the second time we've done this with Kimmy Schmidt? Mm-mm. That's the first one. This is the first. Okay, I think it's just been. I think I remember reporting that. They were going to do ago. this, and that was so long ago that I felt like this was the second one. <laughs> um, so, so having seen this used for comedy in Kimmy Schmidt, and then for more more dramatic effect in Bandersnatch, do you do you have a preference? And then, what do you, do you think? This is something that other comedies should should try to do. Should there be more widespread use of this as kind of a one off uh, event sort of thing? Um, I haven't really. I I only did. I didn't do the Bandersnatch one, but I did kind of play around with the. You versus Wild, I think is what it was called. Um, that I thought was kind of just dumb, but the Kimmy Schmidt one, I think it, it works for that humor. I think there's certain shows that it'd work for. Maybe even like an animated show. Like if, if Rick and Morty were to do it, I think that would be awesome, actually. That would mm-hmm. be a really, really fun one. Um, st- shows like that where they're very like um, kind of out there and like self-referential, breaking the fourth wall or... Um, just like the comedy is, is just wild. Um, even like a community one would be kind of fun, like stuff like that, that type of humor where it's not based entirely in reality, where there's like kind of stuff outside of it going on, I think would work perfect for it. Uh, like if someone were to be like, Oh, I want an office one that wouldn't work. Um, mm-hmm. parks and rec wouldn't even work, but stuff where you're getting weird, different episodes, uh, I think it would be perfect for. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like this. And did you find, so one of the things I really did like about, I, I had forgotten you didn't watch Bandersnatch, but they made it really seamless and easy to use the mm-hmm. the choosing. It, what Did you feel, was was the actual mechanics of choosing, did that go pretty smoothly and well? <laughs> yeah. Um, it's funny because, yeah, you just use your remote, but in between the time of choosing, um, sometimes there'd be like some banter that goes on in between it that still makes sense within like you choosing. But like other times with like uh, Jane Krakowski's character, she's having a conversation He's and, and even like going into it, she's like, hmm, what should I say to you? And it'll like, <laughs> she'll be like in the conversation with someone and she'll like look up in the air and think and the person across from her, uh, which um, one of the main ones was uh, the girl from SNL, like Heidi Gardner, I think her name is. Yeah, Heidi uh, Gardner. I love her. And that there's there's a ton of uh, cameos in this too, by the way. Um, but uh, she's having a conversation with her, and and Heidi Gardner's like looking kind of at her, and going like, "What are you What are you doing?" Like stuff like that, <laughs> <laughs> like shaking her head, being like, "What's going on?" And so like they'll do stuff like that. Even like it's just so self aware, like that there's someone making the choice for the character. That's it's really funny. This sounds like a blast. Uh, this is this is the unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, uh, Kimmy versus the Reverend, uh, and it's choose your own adventure. This sounds fun. This sounds like something I'll try out um, maybe this weekend and play around a little bit with. Um, that's a good one. Also, Kimmy Schmidt, uh, a, a a great binge uh, for for Corona times. Um, I've had it recommended to me for by a couple people as a, as a, just a nice feel good 
um, thing. And it can give you ideas of things to do when we get out of quarantine. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. So we have uh, Kimmy Schmidt, Westworld, and Solar Opposites this week in the TV corner. Television! Down on the corner. Nobody puts baby in the corner. And now it's time for Raid That Pun. What do you call the ghost of a chicken? A poultrygeist. It's super effective. (laughs) All right, we're going to switch from the world of TV to that of movies, and we're going to start with We Missed the Boat. Oh! I'm on a boat, and... You're going to need a bigger boat. All right, this is going to be a fun one. Uh, We're going to create a list for Jared uh, to participate. Uh, We'll do that at the end of the segment. Um, But uh, for, for now... Uh, the movie that I watched this week for We Missed the Boat, and I actually just watched this earlier today, um, was Mall Rats. Yeah. <laughs> and Mall Mall Rats. Ah. Um, there's so much about this that is funny to me. Uh, for one thing, the the view askew universe, uh, askew universe, which is like the the little world of Kevin Smith movies. Um. I think I've now seen them all, with exception of maybe Dogma, um, and but I've seen them in an order that makes no sense. So, <laughs> so that that was a problem for me watching Mallrats because like some of these. So for I'll back up. The plot of Mallrats has these two guys. They both get dumped on the same day, and then on that day they go to the mall to hang out, which is what people did in the '90s. And during that day, a bunch of wackiness ensues at the mall, right? That's the basic story um, of Mall Rats. And it features like Jay and Silent Bob and some other characters from other Kevin Smith movies um, that you're aware of and some other actors as well. So one of the things about this that was really confusing for me is that there are actors in this movie who go on to play characters in this same universe but they're not those characters in this movie. <laughs> so like the um, the woman who goes on to play the, the female lead in Chasing Amy is in this movie as a different character. And then also uh, Ben Affleck is in this movie as a different character from his character in Chasing Amy and Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. That confused the shit out of me for like the first half of the movie. Um, because I was like, oh, it's those people. I didn't realize that they were in the universe this early. Once I got behind that though, uh, mall rats ends up being one of those movies that is, is, is really enjoyable, but you must be in the right mood for, um, <laughs> I realized about 15 minutes in, I was going to need to, to shift, shift my thinking on this movie. Um, because it, like, like most other Kevin Smith movies, the, the, the way to best enjoy this is to be a fan of Smith's, be a fan of the actors who he works with and be a fan of the style he uses, and then just enjoy being in that for a little bit. Um, To come into this completely without any expectation whatsoever and just watch this movie, frankly, I I don't think someone watching it for the first time today with no prior knowledge of any of it would enjoy it. Um, I I don't think it ages super well. 
Um, but for me, this was fun because I know, especially for Seth, this is a movie you've liked for a really long time. And I've been a Kevin Smith fan for a while and I know a lot of these actors. So for me, this felt more like watching a project my friend made. And so I was able to enjoy it um, more than I think someone who didn't have that background would. Um, reasons why there, there's some language and some subject material that don't age well. That's relatively minor here. Um, but this is early Kevin Smith. And this isn't to say that he's a super refined filmmaker now, but his shit back then was like very raw in mm -hmm. that um, there's not a lot of nuance to his filmmaking technique, which eventually became part of his charm. Um, but here it's just very apparent that he's not like um, what I would call like a, at the time, like a career professional filmmaker, right? This has much more of the, the vibe of what it truly is. A bunch of buddies got together and made a movie, right? Um, so you run into things like there, some of the acting in this is honestly terrible. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, and part of the reason that it feels that way is because Smith's writing is, this is probably as Kevin Smith as I've seen any of his, like, if there's a scale of zero to Kevin Smith, this is a 10 on it because what he does that that is feels so familiar is his characters will go on these short little diatribes that are like screamed outbursts about little things. Um, Jason Lee has an outburst about uh, uh, an escalator and it being unsafe in this. <laughs> he goes completely fucking crazy about this for like 15 seconds and then it never comes up again. And uh, there's all sorts of little things like that where the characters will kind of muse about um, some wacky thing. Uh, it's kind of like observational comedy, like Seinfeld almost, but in a New Jersey screaming extreme way. And that's that's really great. I love watching them in clips. But then when you string them all together into a movie, it feels kind of disjointed. And it, it lacks the... Uh, the way that you would take a really well-written paragraph about something like an escalator, and then you would the next step would be, okay, how do we adjust this to fit the language of the character who's about to say this? It seems like they didn't take that step. And so all the characters kind of speak in the same way, which is Kevin Smith's writing, and it's just very apparent. Now, that said, I really like that style of writing, so that, that, that part of it was rewarding to me. Um, so that's that's sort of the dichotomy of, of like my review of it is I really enjoyed this because I like Kevin Smith. If you don't like Kevin Smith, you're probably not going to like Mallrats. But I really enjoyed seeing a lot of these actors young. Um, Jay, Jay, Jason Mewes in this especially looks crazy young. Mm -hmm. and, um, and also knowing what movies come after this, how Mallrats sort of sets those movies up and you know, would influence them later on was really interesting to see. So mostly what was rewarding for me about this was that it's a puzzle piece in the Kevin Smith filmography that I didn't have yet. And, uh, there's some really, really funny shit in here too. Um, so I really enjoyed it. I'm not going to accuse it of being like a great film, uh, by any means, but you know, for something that I know is, you know, that you guys, you guys also have seen probably several times over the course of a lot of years. I totally understand why this is a cult hit because it's just riddled with quotable shit. Like I, two or three times during the movie, I was like, oh, that's hilarious. I better bring that up in my review. I've forgotten <laughs> them all now, but there were at least like five or six of those times besides the escalator where I was like, that's just great fucking, that's a great, <laughs> that's a well-written paragraph that 
you know, Jason Lee kind of butchers by screaming it in a way that none of the other actors are matching. Um, but that's besides the point. So there are things to love. There are specific things to love. But Mallrats, was a, it was a fun one for me. And it, it's really, really light watch, which is why I picked it. Um, so it was rewarding. I enjoyed it, and I thought it was a good pick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, uh, you're you're talking about uh, from Chasing Amy, Joey Lauren Adams. Mm-hmm. Um, she actually plays a character that's referenced in Clerks, uh, Alyssa Jones. Um, the girl who dies in Clerks, the they go to the funeral. That's her sister. No shit. Yeah. Yeah. And then See, that, um, is, that is kind of hmm? impressive. There, there is a lot of, and I would never have known that had you not just said it. But <laughs> if you are aware of all those things. Watching Kevin Smith movies is that much more rewarding, right? Because you're like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, that's that and that's that, and there's a there's a bunch of that shit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and then uh, oh god, so the, yeah, there's a there's a ton of that in there. Um, the so like I think you mentioned like I, the guy who plays Dante in Clerks. Um, <laughs> uh, there, I think it's Gil. I think Gil Hicks is in Mallrats. And they're like, I guess they're, they're brothers or cousins or something. Um, and then I believe that Brody, who play, is Jason Lee, is related to... They mentioned in Clerks, there's a guy who breaks his own neck. He dies by trying to suck his wiener. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, uh, Brody is related to him as well. <laughs> It's fun in that um, one of the things that they do that I think is really well portrayed here is that they're from a relatively small town. And so everybody knows everyone. Everyone knows everyone's like little embarrassing stories and quirks and things. And news travels really fast. And they use that to comedic effect. And being from a town where that's how it was, uh, was pretty funny to see. Right. So that Mm -hmm. that little tight knit community of 20 somethings hanging out at the mall in the 90s definitely felt like it was uh, it came from experience right it was real Um, Mm -hmm. and it it felt it felt like a real world that exists where everyone for some reason speaks in these lilting soliloquies that kevin smith writes Um, Mm -hmm. but besides that it feels like a real setting and a real uh, that's it it feels very real that that was Mm -hmm. i think one of the coolest things about it um and that was the first movie stanley had been in as well uh was mall rats and then uh um that was filmed in Minnesota, up in Eden Prairie, Minnesota. That was funny, yeah, because they open, they show the Eden Prairie sign, and I was like, mm-hmm. I, I have friends from there, so I was like, I know that Eden Prairie is a town in Minnesota, but I'm pretty sure this is set in New Jersey. And then mm-hmm. I looked it up, and they just used the name for the mall because that's where they shot it. Yeah, um, yeah, that was interesting. Yep. Yeah, yeah, it's funny that. Uh, Good. And then I'll say the the other thing um, you mentioned the acting. I, I've always hated the main character, um, not Jason Lee, but the other guy, Jeremy London. Yeah, I think is the actor's he is, name. He's he's next to worthless. You're you're right. About he's bad. That. <laughs> yeah, he's real bad. But always that's that's the one thing because I think like in terms of the like you said, it's a it's a lighter watch than Clerks. Um, it's it's uh, I think there's like more more like weird, silly jokes and humor than in Clerks. Um, Obviously, it's in color, so it's more colorful and all that stuff too. Um, but it's just it, it, it some of the acting, and, and it's funny because like I guess like Jason Lee, that was his first thing he'd ever done too. Um, ben Affleck was relatively new. Shannon Doherty d- had done some stuff. Um, Joey Lauren Adams had done some stuff. So it's like a lot of young actors. But like Clerks was all like first time movie. Like these are all mm-hmm. brand new people, and even that is like that's even acted 
better than you know like mall rats and mall rats is funded by universal of all people so mm-hmm. yeah it's it's and, and that that movie too had a lot of like studio like from the jump had a lot of studio stuff in it like they they were like clerks was 100 percent kevin smith other than a few like cuts that he had to make uh whereas like this is a little bit more like studio push and then mm-hmm. like chasing amy that became more again back to him that was more of his stuff so kind of like a back and forth with him there um a lot of i know i know a lot of the stuff back and forth so i won't go on any forth <laughs> any further <laughs> it's interesting to see to watch this as compared to uh most recently jay and silent bob reboot but but even some of his other more recent work to see how smith has progressed and then also those actors that he's worked with for so long how they've progressed right because mm-hmm. jason lee in this i think is bad but 10 years after this he's starring in my name is earl on network Mm -hmm. so like obviously he grows as an actor after this and it's interesting to watch that happen especially with kevin smith because i think how i wouldn't accuse smith of being a director who's like really great at uh getting like really good performances out of his actors i i don't think it's a priority of his Mm -hmm. um but um and and that's very apparent here but then he gets a lot better at that by the time like tusk and red state come out uh, I think that whether it's him or whether it's the caliber of actor he's working with by that time, uh, you can see the difference. And that's really cool to see. It's almost like mm-hmm. going back and watching a student film for like Paul Thomas Anderson or someone who you know goes on to great things. And the other crazy thing, Kevin Smith um, was so huge in the in the 90s. He was like the indie filmmaker. I just saw him in like 99 on a list above Quentin Tarantino uh-huh. for like for like the favorite indie filmmakers of the decade. And I thought that yeah. I, I was amazed by that. Um, so it was interesting I, to see to go back and see this part of his filmography. I actually have two other really quick tidbits. One that you will, I guess, be just watching the movie uh, and seeing both clerks and all rats. So Ethan Suplee's in the movie. He's staring at mm-hmm. the boat, doing the yeah. boat thing. So that's the same character as in Clerks, the snowball guy, who's played by Scott Mosier. Um, same, oh. same character. <laughs> so... And then, because he got recasted, and in terms of recasting, the other is that the studio wanted Seth Green to be Jay. So they were trying to recast Jay Muse, who was Jay, who was the character's written off of, with Seth Green. Oh, wow. That would have been a train wreck. Yeah. That's it, though. Sorry. That's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe we'll do it. We'll do it all Seth Drops Cool Tidbits About Kevin Smith episode. <laughs> we might need to do a few of them. <laughs> That's funny because Mallrats has, I think, the most of those tidbits just because it was his first studio thing. Like, he had gotten, they basically just gave him a green light for this movie um, to go, like, go ahead and do it. And then the studio was like, he had never done dealt with a studio before. And so when he dealt with a studio here, like, there was just so much shit he had to deal with. Um, and it, it's an, it's all of that's pretty interesting. I, I love hearing about it. And then now he's he's finished the sequel. He's doing a, a sequel. Uh, which Universal has greenlit off the back of because they Universal did the the international um, distribution of Jay and Silent Bob reboot, and they're like, oh yeah, you made some good money on this one. We're gonna give you you can do whatever you want next with us. And he's like, well, because like three years ago he tried doing Mallrats too, and they're like, no, um, it didn't make money for us and whatever. And then he made money with reboot, and they're like, okay, do whatever you want. And he said, okay, I want Mallrats now. And so that's his next movie is going to be Mallrats 2. Um, and, and they're giving him the money and free reign with it. <laughs> wow. 
That's going to be interesting. 25 fucking years later, there aren't even malls. So it's going to be interesting. To <laughs> that's, that's part of it. That's part of the story. Yeah. Oh, that's going to be fascinating. That's cool. Uh, so Mall Rats is the movie. Uh, obviously a staple if you're a Kevin Smith fan, so go check that one out. Um, and Seth, as you know, that, that leaves me with a hole. I need you to fill my hole. Hot. Um, <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll, fin- I'll, I'll finish your View Askew adventure um, with the final View Askew Universe movie. Um, that'd be the uh, final View Askew Universe movie you haven't seen. That's Dogma. Yeah, yeah. I, I I figured you would you would do that, and I, I'm glad for that because Dogma's one that um, has interested me for a long time, but I just never sat down and watched. And I, I, they talk about a lot about religion, and I know there's some satire there. So, and that's right up my alley. Um, I would so I'm looking say forward to that. one. The only thing to just keep in mind: there's a giant rubber poop monster in it. <laughs> <laughs> Other than that, uh, it's it's a it's a well done movie about religion. So. <laughs> Um. Oh wow! Other than the poop monster, it's great. That's an excellent review. Yeah. I'm really excited to watch this. Okay. <laughs> so, so dogma. You just made the list. And uh, speaking of making the list, we need to make a list. Jared is going to participate, and we missed the boat. And uh, rather than piggyback on our list, which we found to be limiting, uh, we're going to give Gar- give Jared a, a fresh new list. So Garrett, we've yeah, Garrett. Uh, Welcome to the got- podcast, Garrett. Garrett. Has Garrett ever been a cool person? No. Like, do you know any Garretts that are like really cool? I feel like they're most commonly used as like geeks in the stuff I watch. Can you guys think of a really cool Garrett? Isn't Garrett a character in Community who's a nerd? Yeah, he's the guy that screams all the time. Ass crack crack bandit. That's probably why I have that preconception. It's because that's the Garrett I yeah. think of. I think it'd be. I think uh, Jared's uh, nerdy alter ego is, or uh, I guess doppelganger or counterpart would be uh, Garrett Cuckendall. Mm. Oh wow! That's I like that. One. I uh, might legally to... change my name. <laughs> uh, you gotta find a way to use Garrett Cuckendall. That's G G Cuck Live. G Cuck Live. God, uh, that, the clicks that would get. <laughs> You better check on that URL. It's probably already taken. <laughs> oh, man. So uh, so we've each come with a couple options. Uh, this may not be a list of five, um, but we'll see how many we can put up. Um, and I'll go first. I'll go first. Uh, I've got a couple. Let me know. I'll just name one first, and you need mm-hmm. to tell me if you've seen it. I'm pretty sure I've heard you say recently that you haven't seen Taxi Driver. Is that still true? That is correct. I have not seen that movie. All right, sweet. So, Taxi Driver. You just made the list! Seth, what do you got? I heard you say on a recent stream, I think on a Q&A, that you said you haven't seen Shawshank Redemption. I have seen Shawshank. I thought you said you didn't. When did I... What stream... What? It's like a Q&A, you lying I think, fuck. the other day. Um, <laughs> if, if I said I hadn't, I must have misspoke. Um, I've seen that multiple times. Okay. Have you seen Godfather? No. Okay. Add Godfather. Oh, Godfather. You just made the list! Uh, let's lighten things up just a little bit from Taxi Driver <laughs> and Godfather. Um, I'm, I'm pretty sure you haven't seen this. If, you, if you've seen this, you're the only other person I know that's seen this movie. Um, have you seen the, mis- the movie Mr. Nobody? I have not. I've almost watched it probably 27 times. Okay, good. You're going to watch it now because Mr. Nobody... You just made the list! 
The only do movie I, I've not hated Jared Leto in. I, do I, I need to go through that. a breakup first? You don't need to. Um, <laughs> it, it would make the experience better, though. So, you know, take that for okay. what it's worth. <laughs> I'll save that one. <laughs> um, it's one that I had on your list. I don't know if you... Have you seen Moonrise Kingdom? I have not. Okay, do that one. Uh, that was one of my originals, actually, and it is very yeah. rewarding. Highly recommend that one. Moonrise Kingdom. You just made the list! Round us out, Cody. So that gives us, what, four? Mm-hmm. Yeah, round us out. Oh, I need one more. Mm. I came with those two, and I was like, I'm pretty sure I got these two. Um, let's see. Take a second to come up with one more. Hmm. Um, should, we, should we add a oh. weird one? <laughs> yeah, do a uh, weird one. I, yeah, I was what? thinking. I was kind of thinking Tusk. I've seen it. You have. I, okay. I have. That's a story for a different time. Uh oh. <laughs> Would Red State be a good one? Have you seen Red State? I have not. Red State's good. I would check out Red State. Go ahead and put that on there. Red State. You just made the list. Tom Cruise, Risky Business. Have you seen that one? Yes, I have. Oh, that's a good one. Okay, so leave it off the list and put Red State on. Um, but, uh, but that rounds out, you got a list of five, so that's good. Um, so run that back to me. What, what was that list? Uh, write it down. Uh, okay. Let's see here. Uh, taxi driver, Mr. Nobody, Moonrise Kingdom, uh, Red State, the and Godfather. the Godfather. That's a pretty, I think that's a pretty well-rounded list. Uh, you should, you should be able to find something on there that's that tickles your fancy. So for Jared, it'll be kind of just a, as you wish. Um, you don't necessarily have the added pressure of having to do it on schedule with us, uh, since you have your own yeah. list now. So whenever you're back and you get a chance, then, uh, you're welcome to review one of those, um, on there. Uh, we do know that Seth will be reviewing something for us next week. And what do you have right now on your list of five, Seth? Uh, silence of the lambs, training day, lock, hidden figures, and the game. The game. <laughs> You're never going to watch that one just so that we can keep saying that. Yeah. <laughs> Jared, I'm really interested in your Tusk thing now, though. I don't think it's that appealing. It's just, uh, I don't know. It was, it was, it was, it was a weird, weird, I don't know. It's just, that whole movie is just weird. It's very weird. <laughs> um, I will say there's the, the I, I don't know if you know the backstory, but there's a podcast that, that yeah. Didn't they get like really high and then because during the credits, don't they play the podcast? They play part of it. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't believe he was smoking weed yet when he did that. He might have been actually. You know what? He was. He was. Um, I think but, you should say allegedly, so the lawyers can't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> um. But no, yes, it was. It was based off an article he read that they just. And that's that's the whole podcast. They vote. They did. They've done that since 2007. They just will go off on tangents and make up stupid things. And halfway through the podcast, he's like, "You know what? I'm going to make a movie about this." <laughs> I mean, that's cool that he did that. But and the movie follows pretty much for beat by beat of what he said he was going to do. Wow. Okay, so we've all got our lists. We've all got our marching orders. I'm taking the week off from my list. <sighs> but, uh, but wow, that was a packed edition of We Missed the Boat. Great stuff. Oh, I'm on a boat, You're going to need a bigger boat. All righty. Well, we thought it was going to be a light episode, uh, but miraculously, 
miraculously or not at all surprisingly if you ever have listened to this podcast we're uh we've been going for a while so we'll we'll do some quickies here um but we do have some movies to review so let's jump into them mom what do you think i love it i hated it Alrighty, so uh, I have not seen anything new, which is surprising no one at this point. Uh, but each of you, each of you have two movies to talk about. Uh, so why don't we go, Seth, Jared, and I'll just let you guys go every other. Okay, um, I'll be real quick on this first one. Uh, How to Build a Girl um, stars Beanie Feldstein, um, who is uh, famously from Book Smart. Um, basic premise of this is and it's uh, going in both these movies I watch are, are uh, I guess from across the pond uh, this one is more of a British film um, basic story here is Beanie Feldstein's a nerd She's uh, she doesn't have a lot of friends never had a boyfriend um, all that type of thing and she um, is a writer she loves writing and so she uh, wants to find a way to make friends and, and also to have sex and what's weird about this movie uh, she's 16, she play, she's, she's 16, playing a 16 in this movie, and it's very, like, sexual. She wants to have sex, and I'm like, doesn't seem right to me. Uh, there's even sex scenes in this movie with her, and I'm like, that's that seems kind of weird. Uh, I looked up at the end, uh, the legal age of consent in, in England is 16, um, and mm-hmm. she's having sex with, like, 20, 30-year-olds, that type of thing in this movie. So it was very distracting, very weird. Um but at, at the end of the day, I guess it's okay. Um, so don't let <laughs> that, that throw you off if you see this movie. Um, but basically so, she... Sorry, that so specifically reminds me of Mallrats. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, sorry. So she, she wants to be cool and be, she um, goes and writes for um, a, like a rock magazine. Again, this is all in England, so it's like British rock bands and things like that. Um, and... That that's kind of like the main part of the story. The issue here is that it takes like forty minutes. This uh, this movie is like an hour and forty two minutes. It takes like forty minutes for them to get into that point, and it, so it's like very, it's like very dragged down um, to get to that point. So her, her basic life that they focus on for the first part of it is like she's very poor, very like awkward, um, doesn't have a lot of friends. Her only friend is like her brother. Um, her dad's an ex- and part of why she gets into rock is her dad is a was a failed rock star, um, who was still trying to cling on to that you know I'm going to be a rocker one day, um, and that's why they don't have a ton of money is because he doesn't work because he's trying to be a rocker and so it's like it's just it's it's all very stuck in that world for like 40 minutes and the interesting part of the movie is when she gets to you know start writing for this rock magazine and does reviews for this rock magazine and and some of the characters they bring in there and that's when she starts like changing her look and all that stuff it's a it's a very like in terms of the overall story very cookie cutter like you know the the ugly girl becomes the popular one type thing and um i don't know it it just it just it kind of dragged also like with it being in england and like a british film there's some really deep and like hard to understand accents in this and so like there's chunks this movie where i'm like what the fuck are you saying I don't know what you're saying. I don't understand what's going on here because I can't understand your accent. And like Beanie Feldstein, who's not British, like I feel like they were trying to cover up her not being British with the other people being super fucking British. And, and so like her accent isn't isn't amazing in this. And so like they just really ham it up with some of the other accents. And I don't know. It's just I didn't love the movie. Like I didn't hate it. It's not a bad movie. It's kind. Of, it's got like a fun little charm to it at times and. 
got some good music and all that stuff. But at the end of the day, I didn't really like it. It, it just, it just wasn't. I really expected more for this to be the follow-up from Beanie Feldstein and her own movie. Like I was kind of expecting more, and it just, it just didn't quite land with me. I didn't really love it. Um, so I don't know. It, it, you have to rent it right now. It's it's you know just be on VOD. Um, you spend the seven bucks to to watch it, and I don't know if it's really worth that right now. I I wasn't super pleased by it, so I don't know. Maybe Where? wait until it's on like a free service or something. Where would you place this on the comedy to drama spectrum? Because this seemed a little goofy by the trailer that I watched, but I'm not sure I have the right impression. Um, I would probably say a little bit more comedy than okay. Than but drama. not 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 like really like not not straight comedy in that no. really goofy way. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, there's I mean there's some funny stuff, but it's just not I don't know like I, I didn't laugh out loud a whole bunch or anything like that. And none of the drama's too heavy or anything, but, you know, I don't know. It's weird. It's a weird movie and just didn't didn't land. Huh. Well, that's a shame. Mm. And, you know, we're all fans, of course, of uh, being felt scenes from Booksmart. So we'll have to see what she does ne- does does. We'll see what she does next. <laughs> After she do this, we got to see what she does next. Um, and, uh, and and we'll see what that is. But, uh, Jared, what do you got for us here? Well, speaking about, you know, not really understanding accents and stuff, um, I watched uh, Capone, the new movie featuring um, Tom Hardy as an old kind of a senile, I wouldn't say senile, but I mean, he's 48 years old, um, Al Capone character uh, directed by Josh Trank. Very much, I would say, yeah, if you're going to watch this film, turn on the subtitles because um, (laughs) Tom Hardy's doing a lot of grunting and kind of mumbling and whatnot. Um, essentially the, the the situation that this movie dives into is Al Capone is released from prison and he kind of uh, lives his last year or a little bit over a year I believe in his mansion in Florida and that's kind of covering or the setup of this story and he's very much dealing with uh, I guess he has what's called neuro neurosyphilis, I believe. So his brain, he's just not there. He's very much just flowing through life, waiting to die. And his wife, May, played by Linda Cardellini, Linda Cardellini is taking care of him. And it's sort of just this wandering of this character with the last you know days of his life dealing with his family with the fed still trying to jump into the fold to find any sort of maybe fortune or money this character has hidden or still has and tom hardy who is al uh al capone is going on these almost like drug trips or um, not exactly drug trips, but very much like these mind-bending situations of misremembering, sort of remembering events from his past. I would say that it has like elements of The Shining, Shutter Island, um, almost like imagery of uh, a cure for wellness. Like it is very like weird, trippy, um, almost horror imagery throughout this movie of these dreams or memories that. Um, Tom Hardy goes through it has all of these different elements and I think Josh Trank was going for something sort of unique but it very much kind of focuses on like this real story of this character in the last year of his life the Fed trying to come in and 
you know, get him on something in the last days of his life, his family dealing with him and taking care of him. Um, fun fact or another aspect, Tom Hardy is just mumbling and like pissing and shitting himself throughout this whole film. It is, it is bizarre. Um, again, I guess if that's what the role asked of him, he did a great job. I didn't think that it entirely landed. Um, but it just doesn't come together as something that's essentially memorable, something that you're going to go back and watch, you know, maybe later this year or years down the road. Um, it it's it's interesting to find out that the Al Capone character essentially didn't die in prison, like um, a lot of people had, I guess, said or believed in. I misremembered. But everything just comes together in this weird mishmash of, like, is this horror, is this, like, a psychological thriller, or is this based on a true story of this is how his last days kind of played out? So, um, and and you talked about this on J-Buck Live um, the other day, and it was really interesting, but this makes, this makes me think, like, what the fuck Josh Trank? Like, because we got, you know, we get Chronicle, right? We get uh, Fantastic Four, Fan Four Stick, uh, mm-hmm. and then we get this. Like, what? what's your general read on him? Do you, are you a fan of Trank's work on, on the whole? Or, like, what's what's your I, opinion? I, I, I don't know. I'm trying to find what his style is. Because you can see that there's potentially a little bit of elements that tie back into with Chronicle. Maybe tie in mm-hmm. with the Fantastic Four. Um but he, I think he is this person that wants to do weird things with a somewhat leveled topic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I can see how that would be interesting. And, and you know, this is Capone, uh, like other movies don't show him. So that, that is pretty interesting to see. And uh, a lot of folks are watching this one. Uh, it's getting a lot of traction from what I've seen. So uh, you've got a full review available on YouTube as well. Um, it's kind of hammered into uh, this episode or this week's episode of J Buck Live. If you jump over there, it's on my channel. Go down to the time codes in the comments, and you can jump right to it. Boom! There you go. Capone also available now. Capone. Capone. <laughs> At Jared Buckendall. Uh, Seth, you got one more for us. I do. Uh, last one here for me. It's a movie, uh, an Irish movie from Ireland. Ireland. Uh, it's uh, uh, how uh, sorry uh, I almost said how to build a girl. That's the last one. A good woman is hard to find is the name of this one. Um, stars Sarah Bolger, who's I think you would recognize her if you've seen her. She's been in a bunch of random stuff. Um, I know her recently from she's the lead in Mayans MC. She was in Counterpart, but she's been in stuff even back in the day. She was a younger actress. Um, she was in not something you guys have seen, but Once Upon a Time. She was in the Lazarus Effect back in 2015. Um, done a bunch of like. A lot of TV and a lot of like smaller movies and things like that. Um, still pretty young, and this is kind of her first like like big lead, not big, but like a kind of a deeper lead role. Um, and she is she's great in this one. Um, her she plays Sarah is also her name in this one. She's a a widow. Her husband was was killed and uh, she he was murdered. And he um, there's kind of like some some mystery to why what what happened there. Basically, he was shot, but we they don't know why. Um, so she's raising her son, who her son is also there uh, with the murder, uh, witnessed it, and he's not talking. He he's psychologically is kind of damaged at the moment with it, and he's not talking. And then she has a, a daughter as well. Um, but uh, the basic story here is that she's you know, kind of 
with the the events of what happened around the murder, she's kind of left with nothing. She doesn't have a lot of money. Um, there's not a lot of people supporting her because there are some rumors going around with the murder. Um, and she she's just left again, raising these kids on her own in a small apartment. Um, she uh, is coming home with her kids uh, from, I think, the store. And uh, there's a, kind of a smaller subplot going on at the beginning of the movie as well with this guy who uh, steals a car, uh, steals some drugs through through that event as well, and is running away from some people. And um, through that event of him running away uh, to hide from these people, barges into her apartment and um, kind of just says, shut up, you're, you know, I'm here, you're, you, you will not say anything, um, and leaves uh, some drugs there. And... Um, because he's running away from his people and is trying to hide, um, he is using that as kind of a base of operations because no one knows he's there. He's selling these drugs and giving her a cut of it. And there's kind of like a, uh, she doesn't want the money, but also needs the money, that type of aspect going on here. Um, it's a very interesting movie. It's like, you know, it's got some crime and thriller aspects to it as well. Takes some turns, um, that are, that are pretty interesting. Um, some choices that she has to make, uh, as a parent and that's kind of like the through line here is that she has to you know she has to protect her kids uh they, her kids have no one left at this point and so she has to make decisions for her kids um whether or not it's the right decision or not uh as you know as as a human she has to make it for her kids uh and because they wouldn't have anyone left um there's also a storyline with her and her mother as well her mother who's not the most approving but also kind of is uh, overbearing and 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 that type of thing too um, so that there's a storyline going on there with that as well. Um, I, I did actually really enjoy this movie a lot. It's it's pretty brutal at times, uh, and for being a an indie lower budget movie, they do a, a really good job with some of the the even like gore at times and and um, action moments. Um, again, she's the only like real actress like that's done some stuff that I've that I've seen, um, but she's great. Uh, unlike with How to Build a Girl. Um, the Irish accents are very easy to understand, so I appreciated that. Um, it was it was a very easy to follow movie, um, but it was really well done uh, for clearly what was a lower budget. So I like this one a lot. I think I think it's it's very intriguing. It's kind of one of those things of like put yourself in in those shoes and like what would you do? Um, and uh, yeah, I just the whole aesthetic and everything was great too. So I, I like this one a lot. It's uh, it, this one is worth a rental on VOD. Um, again, smaller movie, but I, I liked it a lot. And I think Sarah Bolger is someone who's gonna do a lot more things. She's still really young. She's like twenty eight, I think. Um, so she's she's done a lot already. And I and I could see her. It's reminded me of like a Vigilante with Olivia Wilde last year um, that I really liked. Uh, uh, kind of one of those like gritty roles for her to take on that she hasn't really done before that can hopefully get her some some more like you know here you go i can do this you know and get her out there some more because i like her a lot in mayans i think she's great in that her small role in counterpart was really good so i think she can do a lot more she's got the range um i i, I hope to see more of her in the future so i like this one a lot boom sounds like a good one it's a recommend from seth uh on vod now so Take a look for uh, a good woman is hard to find. Uh, if that if that tickles your fancy, uh, then then check <laughs> that one out. Uh, speaking of fancy tickling, <laughs> we got. Uh, I am so interested to hear about this last one, Jared. 
Really, really. Um, so this last one is The Wrong Missy over on Netflix. Um, net, it was kind of surprising. Usually Netflix releases on Friday morning. Um, today, surprise, is not Friday morning. And it's it's coming from the Happy Madison production company. So you kind of get in a group of all of the same people that you see in all of his films. You know, Rob Schneider, Nick Swartzen, David Spade. Um, Adam Sandler's wife, I don't know the name, her first name, I think it's Julia, is it Julia Sandler? Um, their, their daughters, a bunch of people that you see in essentially all of these films. But the setup of The Wrong Missy is David Spade's character is, has gone through essentially a divorce or a separation, hasn't been dating for a long, long time, goes on a blind date, she's very much what you would say clingy, you know, maybe a little crazy, something that he doesn't want, he's not interested in goes on a business trip runs into essentially the perfect girl um but he gets the numbers mixed up and this missy um from the first date then goes on him on like goes with him on like a work trip um to hawaii i believe so that's kind of the setup of this comedy borderline rom-com of him bringing the wrong girl to this situation that you're running into every borderline uh, rom-com cliche you know uh trying to impress the boss going on this work trip going to a fancy island running into your ex with their new fiance um if you've seen any rom-com before you've pretty much seen this movie and you sort of know how it plays out but i will say that the girl that plays or the woman that plays um missy uh lauren lamp Lampkiss, i believe mm-hmm. she is she gives it her all like she is asked to be like over the top very quick with her lines very weird um does some slapsticky stuff that i felt like was maybe a little over the top and didn't mesh with the rest of the film but i thought that she committed to this role like she was definitely the standout for myself um one of the one of the lines i said in my review is um they get to the hotel and it's like very fancy and she's like goes outside and she's like i made it all my teachers can eat my ass and <laughs> i i died laughing the way that she delivered it um but the rest of the film aside from her i feel like just fo- sort of falls into a generic bucket of what a rom-com is like i said it's hitting on tones and beats of the holiday of forgetting sarah marshall of what happens in vegas like you you've sort of seen this film before um coming on netflix it might be fun for some people if you've again like i said seen any sort of rom-com you've seen this film so you might get a chuckle out of it but i don't think that this is going to be one that many people are really dying for a second watch or really uh, i guess looking forward to mm-hmm yeah, so this this is what I expected to hear about this, but I, I had I had a glimmer of hope that maybe it would be more impressive. Um, but yeah, an, another reason for Sandler and his buddies to go to Hawaii <laughs> sounds mm-hmm. about right. That that's I, uh, that's basically what I thought after you know th- this every everything played out because his wife um, Adam Sandler's wife does have a decent role rather than sort of a cameo that she's had in these previous films. Mm-hmm. This uh, Lauren Lupkiss, the female lead in this, um, I am familiar with her from the show Crashing on HBO, uh, Pete Holmes' show. 
and really enjoyed her in that. Uh, so I, I was keeping an eye on this one with a little more interest, and I follow her on Instagram too. So um, I was really glad to hear that she was good in this, but not surprised at all to hear that it's butt. And then I, I didn't, <laughs> I, I didn't hear you mention David Spade's hair. <laughs> but, but from the trailer, they- it looks fucking terrible <laughs> okay i'm glad you mentioned that because now re remembering the rewatch there is probably five jokes that they make fun of it so at least they're okay. <laughs> being you know they know that it's ridiculous that's good that's good because it's it's bad it's bad <laughs> oh my gosh so uh the wrong missy and how to how to build a girl sound like misses uh, but recommendations for a good woman is hard to find and capone in this week's reviews. Mom, what do you think? I love it! I hated it! All right, folks, we're just about to the finish line for this week. Before we go, you know, we gotta give you one more thing. But I'm down to one more, one more thing. I'm gonna go first, and I had a list of several things to talk about, and then some stuff you guys just mentioned helped me decide. Um, I'm going to quickly advocate for the use of subtitles <laughs> uh, when when watching movies and and I I'm this is new to me I'm not one of those people that put subtitles on all the time um, and and I prefer to not but I am finding lately that movies where people are uh, where there are accents um, where there are um, people that talk really fast uh, like a maybe like a Molly's game like anything Sorkin um, or like Mallrats was a really good example of this. I feel like I'm just more in tune when I know everything that they're saying and and you get more of the jokes, right? Nothing really gets by you because you have to read it all, right? Um, and then you can also just choose not to read it, right? But um, the other thing, the, re- the other reason for me is that the way my sound is set up in my house, the sound effects are way louder than any dialogue and I can't figure out how to fix that. So a, a lot of times if I'm watching a movie late at night, I can't turn it up loud enough to hear the dialogue very well. And so it helps to put the subtitles on. So where in the past I've been really anti-subtitle, um, I think in those cases, uh, you know, especially when there's foreign accents, it can be really, really helpful uh, to watch with the subtitles. Sing Street, a movie that Jared and I both love, is an example of one of these where... Uh, my second or third watch of that movie, I put the subtitles on and I, I, I learned and found out way more about that movie than I previously knew um, when I hadn't done the subtitles, just little bits of dialogue and lyrics to the songs and things like that. So it can be very rewarding. So if you've been very anti-subtitle like myself, I encourage you to give it a try, give it a try and, um, and, and make an honest effort to enjoy it. And I, there are reasons why, why it would be good and helpful to do. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned the Sing Street situation because I, I'm looking forward to rewatching that. But the first time I watched it, didn't have subtitles on, and I was having a hard time comprehending everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, for my one last thing, I don't know, maybe it's a two-part thing. I, I, I don't want to be entirely negative, but there's maybe like a little, I, I wouldn't say like negative, but something that just kind of irked me a little bit. Um, if you're trying to be a content creator... Please teach yourself how to do everything. Again, I am not perfect, but learn to do Photoshop, learn to edit, learn to how to adjust audio, learn how to green screen, learn how to talk clearly on screen, how to convey your ideas. Um, just learn everything because 
if you're dependent on someone, something might happen. So just, you know, learn learn everything. Um, maybe I'm being vague, but I'm just, it's bothering <laughs> me. It's just bothering me. <laughs> you're getting, this is the exact reason why Soko Show doesn't really do video, because I had never learned to do all those things. And, uh, and this is something we talk about. I don't want to put out something that sucks, right? So, yeah. um, that's, that's, a, a, that's valid. That's valid. No, well, no and, and that's the thing, like talking to you guys, you guys, you, you're going for a certain level of quality and it's just, it's, it's sometimes it's frustrating. So I, I just needed to say that, but a positive, big positive, Tony Hawk pro skater one and two yes. remaster <laughs> coming September 4th this year. I am very excited for this game because I grew up with the original one on PlayStation. My oldest brother would play it all the time. The soundtrack. Mm-hmm. I'm very excited to essentially get like upgraded graphics. Hopefully the soundtrack, maybe they'll throw a couple more tunes in there, but I'm really excited for that Two, I dabbled in. I wasn't a big fan of two, but with them combining it with new challenges, with updated graphics, uh, I'm I'm looking forward to this. Me so too. I didn't uh, I didn't really play the series until three, uh, but that's really neither here nor there. Uh, the the renders that I've seen of the updated graphics looks pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Looks really fresh and up to date. Um, question for both of you guys: Would you rather it have the original soundtrack or like updated new punk songs? Nah, OG, OG. That's what I thought. Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> yep. And I really hope, and I'm sure in the future they're going to do it, is remaster 3 and 4, because 4 was my all-time, like, I played 4 the most. Yeah, I want to say 3, I'm not sure I ever played 4, but I played the shit out of 3, and then Underground, Underground Underground. 1 was the one I played the most. Give me that story mode. I, so I, actually, I wasn't looking far down enough on my list for Jared, but let's replace Red State, because you had mentioned that this is the movie you mentioned on the stream, Schindler's List. Ah, yes, the sequel to Craigslist. <laughs> so take off Red State, throw on Schindler's List, um, and that'll make Jared's list. There we go. You just made the list! Really, it's a, it's a real pick-me-up. Uh, uh, <laughs> that one's going to make you feel really great. I'm just kidding. Well, it's a, it's Red, a dour Red movie. State won't either. That's, that's a good point. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, Schindler's List is amazing, though. Uh, you're going to like that one. Okay. Uh, my one more thing. So I'm. Uh, my one more thing is not. It's related to. So I'm watching Dave. Um, I'm halfway through it, <laughs> enjoying yes. it quite a bit. My one more thing is not Dave, but it is uh, someone in Dave. So um, one of Dave's friends, uh, Andrew Santino. Uh, is, I don't remember the character's name, but Andrew Santino plays him. He's the red-haired guy, mm-hmm. uh, red-haired guy with a beard. Um, he is a pretty funny comedian. I, I've heard him on be a guest on some podcasts here and there and stuff like that. Really funny dude. Um, I, I think he, just, in, just as a person, he's super funny. Um, and he's got a podcast that's come out the last couple months, uh, I think probably two, three months, something like that, with Bobby Lee. I think most people know who Bobby Lee is, at least if you watch Mad TV and that type of thing, uh, called Bad Friends. Those two are really funny together. Um, but it, just in general, look up Andrew Santino. I think he's a, he's a really funny comedian, uh, really funny dude in general, great podcast guest. Uh, he's very dry. Uh, with a sense of humor, um, he he doesn't like he he, he will take that like he he's kind of one of those guys who will like when he's joking and actually kind of similar to what he does in Dave, but just like will be he he just he, he sounds like he's very serious, but it's clearly a joke type of thing, mm-hmm. um, and he'll just he'll just keep going with it. He 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 doesn't like he, he can go pretty far without like breaking, which is pretty funny. So 
Um, just his his type of humor is is fantastic. I like him and Dave uh, quite a bit. That show is great. Um, but he he's he's a funny dude. So check out Andrew Santino in terms of his comedy and then podcasts as well. He's got a few podcasts. Uh, Bad Friends and Whiskey Ginger is his other podcast. So funny dude. <laughs> Whiskey Ginger is funny. Um, yeah, big fan of his character on the show. Not at all surprised to hear you describe his comedy because I I am at I figured by watching him on the show that that's it's a reflection of himself and I think there's probably some improv quality to to what he does on the show so it makes sense that that is reflected in his his other comedy um so that's good and Andrew Andrew Santino am I getting that right mm-hmm. yep so check out uh Andrew Santino check out Tony Hawk's pro skater remake uh learn how to edit your fucking videos <laughs> <laughs> And give the subtitles a chance. That's all one more thing. But I'm down to one more, one more thing. All right, folks. Thanks for hanging out uh, for episode number 144. Don't forget, let us know what you think of the new game and let us know what you think we should name it. Uh, hit us up on Twitter and on Facebook at SoCo Show Pod. Big shouts out to all of our sponsors and all of our contributors. We really appreciate you guys helping out the show. Uh, happy Octaversary uh, to, to both of you. And, and JB, thanks, thanks for being on again. Uh, what, what's, what's out there lately? I know there's at least one new thing that you're excited that you got out that I'm sure you might want to plug here. Um, yeah, no, absolutely, guys. Thanks, thanks, thank you so much for uh, you know continuously inviting me onto this podcast. It's fun. It's nice to break up the week and everything. Um, on my channel, obviously, J Buck Studios, I just dropped a new ending explained poorly for Sleepaway Camp. It's 1983 horror film. Um, it is bananas it is bonkers honestly it's probably my favorite ending explain i've done so go check that out on the channel boom yeah so this is one um i haven't so i haven't seen the ending explained poorly yet but i'm familiar with this movie and i know what the ending is and so (laughs) i'm so excited to watch this because i i'm so just interested to see where you go with this so i'll be checking this out soon and I'm going to link to yeah. it in the description box so folks can check it out. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, the reason I had heard about this, because, like, you know, we listen to all of these different other podcasts and stuff, and this one just kept coming up. So I'm like, I need to go watch this film. And I was like, oh, wow. Yep. That's weird. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, safe to say, studios today would not have the balls to make that movie. <laughs> It could only have come out in 1983. <laughs> so high recommend. I, I have no idea what you guys are talking about, but I'm assuming it's ball related with, with how Jared laughed. The, yeah, that, that was a carefully selected phrase. Um, okay. But uh, I would say, don't worry if you haven't seen Sleepaway Camp. I haven't even seen Jared's video, but I, I know that you don't even have to see Sleepaway Camp to appreciate the video. Uh, and I know it's going to be wacky and fun. So you had to hit the link in the description so you can go check that one out. Um, and uh, I'm, that's probably going to be what I go do immediately after this. Um, it's almost <laughs> bedtime for me, but I got to kill some time before then. Um, but uh, thanks, JB, for being on again. And uh, we'll have you back uh, potentially next week if you're free. And we'll have uh, We Missed the Boat for you then. Um, in addition to that, all sorts of new TV and movies uh, that we're reviewing, as well as some shenanigans. We're, fi- fig- we're finding ways uh, to fill time here on the show, and we did that to great effect this time as we've gone way over. So uh, we'll wrap it up there. Thanks again for listening to episode 144. For Jared Buckendall and for the so-host Seth Ott, I've been the co-host Cody Michael, and we will see you next week. Bye.
Bye. <laughs>